Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome back to the Wee Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. That's a lie, we haven't been around for two weeks. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of the 1980s slasher movies that I've deemed are worthy for our consideration is Katie Watson. Hello. And Shannon Hollander. Sup, yo. What's <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous human being. Uh, this is true. <laughs> we she are back and we actress. have <laughs> some explaining to do, but we'll do that in a moment. If you're new to us, before you learn about our failures, head on out to wearegeeks.com. We are geeks.com. You can patch out to all of our previous podcasts. You can go onto the iTunes. You can rate us. You can subscribe to us. It really helps us out. You can listen to all of our previous podcasts. We don't do any patrons. We don't do any banner ads. And we're not going to try and sell you any Christmas sweaters for your dogs. Mm. Ooh. Even though I need to get one. So someone should and sell me one. And that would be a profitable, that's a profitable market to go into. We should probably Yeah, but then I'd have to knit things and I'm not good at knitting. Mm-hmm. Shannon, yeah. I'll bet you could make them. You're like I handy. could, but I don't want to. Oh, well, there you go. We're not going to yeah. sell them to you because Shannon just doesn't want to. outsource it to Chinese will, children. We don't need I to will, knit anything. It's fine. We just I do it the American way. commissions very expensively, but uh, you'll have to meet my price. <laughs> our friend well, our friend Nelson, who's Chinese, is about to have a baby, so maybe we'll just wait for his kid to be like two years old and then start employing then take, it. Take the, Ooh, yeah, tiny or we'll just take the old ones once he kind of doesn't want to use them anymore. Okay. All right. I don't think it matters the race of the baby, just the race of the people who are making uh, clothes for babies. Mm. That's where the cheap labor comes from. I know. That's what I'm saying. We'll use his kid to make <laughs> oh, the dog like sweaters. Oh, like she's a kid? Yeah. yeah. That's tiny how old hands. they are in China. Usually they're like three years old or something. It's yeah, it'll be a nice tight weave. Yeah. Those little yeah, hands. But his, his mother won't be Chinese, though. She, she's American. Yeah, but mm, it, he's so, really Chinese, so I feel like it'll even apart. out. Yeah, it it'll really even is. out. <laughs> so falling. And we've lost all our listeners for borderline terrible comments. Eh, they're fine. <laughs> Which is, it's, it's, I'm sorry, but it's just how it is in America. What's happening? Yeah, we 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 failed. We're sorry. So we've been away for a couple of weeks. However, you have still got to listen to at least my wonderful voice and all my incredible opinions as me and various people talked through video games that have recently come out. And we talked through all of the Fright Fest films that were played at their Halloween special thing. And we have another episode going up in a couple of days, actually, where me and Alex are talking about even more video games that you're bored of us saying stuff about. So we've still been filling your brains with stupid thoughts. But if you tuned in three weeks ago whatever and we're all excited for shannon's latest opus of terror and how broken she's gonna become <laughs> this is what happened uh we we were finally getting ahead of stuff we recorded a couple of these podcasts ahead of time and then uh, yeah we went to like edit it and uh, yeah they found out that shannon's audio only recorded half of the episode guys we i'm don't not know why. good at the technical stuff i don't i don't get it I don't know. Um, I can't. She's I meant to be in front of the camera. Yes. You know? Yes. I don't do well with wires. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense because I've looked at your project and it kept recording. It just suddenly stopped recording sound. It was really what? fucking weird. <laughs> really? Ghost. It was a choice by my computer. By my microphone and my computer. They're like, this bitch is crazy. Shut her the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> her opinions on Terror Train are outrageous. We're cutting Out- her off. Outrageous. <laughs> So we talked about what to do because it was a bit, I hate going back and re-recording stuff, but we're like, you're fine. We'll re-record the second, like the, the second hour of Terror Train because that's pretty much where it cut off. 
Then when we went in to investigate that file, we found out Katie's file Woo-hoo! had joined in the shit party. Ton of static <laughs> all over yeah. it. So much static, it was completely unusable for the entire episode. And That's the way my voice sounds. Like that. Like that. That's what I Great. sound like. Great. In real Thanks, life. guys. <laughs> Not you're really helping. Um, if they yeah, haven't so that, stopped then, listening yet, they have now. <laughs> Bye. So have I. I've given up. <laughs> so then I went and had a panic attack and went and listened to the other two episodes that we had already recorded to see what's going on there. And sure enough, Katie does have static on both of those, albeit much, much quieter for next week's episode. So I've deemed it's fine. And if you have problems with it, you can email us at fuck you at weagegeeks.com. Just tweet um, at me, or just DM me. And I will yeah. statically reply to you. Yes. Or if you yeah, want so me to record n- your voicemail for your phone, just let me know. I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be actually a really good one. It'd be like, hi, you reached yeah. I can't come to <laughs> And people just give up. You get no voicemails. Yeah. I'm into it. Be great. I- I'm into it. Yep. Continue out. I'm going to. I'm going to continue with the bad news. Um, <laughs> Again, you say bad news. I say we're just switching it up, keeping it interesting, keeping the audience to, on their toes. It's nothing I like to do more than when you go out for dinner and you have a great two-hour conversation with some friends and, you know, three weeks later go, let's have that exact conversation again. That's like my job. Yeah. But By the way, that's what we recorded all, all of these during dinner. All I heard was two dinners. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you two are getting the energy from. I feel... Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So then, yeah. So next week should be fine. We're looking into the week after that, which is the Prowler. So next week's the Burning. The Prowler, there was a little bit more erratic static, particularly at the beginning. I can have to now put in like a, I don't know, maybe a warning. But if you're, if you're really listening to these, you're probably listening to this one as well. I don't know. So this is your warning. The beginning of the Prowler, Katie's audio will probably be a little bit staticky, but then it's going to go away. And then it gets much better later in that. And now we've sorted out the setup and it'll all be fine from this point moving forward. I'm not going to lie. There was a point where, yeah, I sort of static in some, a whole bunch of these. And I was like, fuck it, we're quitting. Like, we're going to close down this show, never do any more. And I'm done with it because I just like, it's so exhausting. <laughs> We had to do it for Halloween something, eight or something, or nine, I don't know. Something. One of the Halloween, no, Hellraisers. It was a Hellraiser one. Sorry, my bad. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it started with an H. Because that's what really killed us because we were like, oh, we had to talk about Hellraiser film once. <laughs> it's bad enough talking yeah. about it twice. It's like, oh. And then we had to do it for a wrap up at some point. And this one was like, if we have to do multiple re-recordings, <laughs> I'm fucking done. But hopefully this is the only one. So... It is obviously going to affect us a little bit. We might be a little bit shorter because we know some of the stuff we're talking about. We're going to be a little bit more on our toes, probably. I don't um, know. We've already Shannon's been going through this actor. for like 10 minutes now. So <laughs> I know. I feel like we're already making up for additional time That's right true. now. Don't worry, That's guys. True. Content. I just, normally, we're trying to hide it. But like, there'll definitely be... There's a slightly different vibe when we've already talked about a movie. You know, there's not less discovery. But Shannon, yeah, she's a professional actor. So she's <laughs> going to be rediscovering everything for a first 100%. time. 100%. Oh, a magician, you say? Like that. That's Is my that acting. David Copperfield? <laughs> oh, shocking. <laughs> this is surprising. Oh, I have never talked about this before. <laughs> Good. I'm an excellent Good. actress for hire. Please hire me. I could use a job. Like, really, I could use a job. <laughs> <sighs> You're welcome, Al. 
<laughs> I can't even think of funny things to say. I'm Don't gonna worry, I got them back. all. My 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 uh, <laughs> my energy's gonna come. All right, so yeah, this week again we're gonna be talking about Terror Train from 1980. It gets a 5.9 out of 10 on the old IMDb's. But before we do get into the film proper and all those facts that nobody's ever heard before, we do like to look at the landscape that was the year. So 1980, somebody has the top worldwide grossing hits. Shannon does. Let's see. Wheel them in. 1980, the top 10 grossing hits. I do think it is important to point out, because it's a great fucking movie, that Caddyshack comes in at number 20. I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> shocking. It's shocking they haven't ever remade Caddyshack. It really is. I, you know uh, what? I hope that you they... can't without Bill Murray. Somebody tried I mean, to I'm fight sure. me the other day about him being a minor character and not relevant to that story. And oh, that no, 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 no. doesn't no. exist anymore. Yeah. Because it killed him. He create he is the reason that movie is what it is, but I feel like that movie is so dependent upon Bill Murray and Chevy Chase, who is now and always was honestly an insane person. So yep. I feel like you just you can't remake it unless because uh, maybe you could do it with like Bill Hader now in the Chevy. Ch- I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to see it. Don't make it happen. Let's not put There'd ideas in fucking- people's heads. Yeah, there'd be Ryan Reynolds or Jonah Hill or someone in yeah. that movie. Oh, uh, yeah. And that would be just upsetting. Upsetting. Uh, I mean, I love Ryan Reynolds in all things he does always, but take your top uh, off. He'd play the gopher. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. No. Also, it's, I think it's very relevant to our uh, our podcasting that The Shining comes in at number 18. Yes. But this is where I get to repeat something I definitely said last time, which is Justin Law, Dr. Sleep. It's a bad movie. It's terrible. <laughs> But my friend Shane is in it. So, like, go see it. Support Shane. He plays a magician. <laughs> Everybody loves it. And just to be clear, Mike Flanagan, I think, is a lovely man and has made some incredibly good films. <laughs> I do not enjoy Dr. Sleep. <laughs> Strong words. I don't words. like Strong it. It's bad. Strong it's just words. everything is now, like, tweeny. And I am I think it just means I'm old. But this thing, know. I'm reading these articles with people like, oh, it's like a secret X-Men. I was like, I fucking know. It's like a secret X-Men movie. And A, we have loads of those anyway. If you want a good one of those, go watch Fast Color Ooh, yeah, like, or watch Thelma or whatever. Like, this is like a secret X-Men movie, which I'm into that stuff. But it's not even a great one of those because the baddies are terrible. Yeah. But then, sure, I prefer it as that. But watching it as a Shining movie, it, no. Mm. No. Mm. No. Not even okay. Owen McGregor okay. can save it. I will not. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I won't. I, I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> Talk about The Shining all you want. Great film. <laughs> yes. Shining, great film. Number 18. Coming at number yep. 10, though, another hot horror franchise, Friday the 13th. Yay. Yay. Shannon sad. has not seen, but has seen sort of. I, I Yeah. Like, enough. We're counting it. We're counting it. Enough. I saw part two. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. We're moving on. Number nine, Smokey and the Bandit is it, two. Is that what you oh, say damn. at the end of like every audition? Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of it. We're moving on. Basically, honestly, whenever I do self-tapes, I'll live, yeah, that's it. We're done. <laughs> we got it. We got it. It's fine. I don't like to spend a lot of time on them, guys. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> we're, we're really discovering things about my career enlarged today. Great. Let's move on to number eight. <laughs> the coal mine, the coal miner's daughter. Yeah. The Loretta Lynn story. Thank you very much. 
I've never heard of this film. It is a great film with Sissy Spacek, and it is about one oh. of my mother's absolute favorite artists, Loretta Lynn. Artists in quotation marks, or well, a musician. Art, there it like, is. Th- there it I'm is. I'm presuming these these accents have something to do with the film. Well, it is because she is a country singing. Uh, I don't know if you knew by the name Loretta sensation. Lynn. Loretta but Lynn she sings country music, mm-hmm. and she is the coal miner's daughter. It's <laughs> pretty good, Shannon. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Please hire Let's me. Let's move on. Anyway, okay, you go, coming you in at number seven. Them in no time. <laughs> Coming in at number seven, Private Benjamin, which I have no idea what this film is. Is this porn? I feel like this sounds like Probably. Porn. I think so. His private You know what's really alarming? I, I, last time we did this, I didn't know these f- films, and you'd think I'd remember them. <laughs> I don't even remember you mentioning Private Benjamin. <laughs> I don't wow. recollect any of this. Well, here's another one you won't remember. Coming in at number six, Any Which Way You Can, because I don't know what the fuck that is. Oh, I remember that one. I know that's this a, That's a name. weird title. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But this one, you will remember, coming at number five, Airplane! Exclamation point! One of my favorite comedies. that Allie can't even sit through. Why can't she sit through it? it. I don't know. She's not allowed in. She's not allowed in there. She doesn't find it funny. What? She'll claim claim she warned me before I put it on that she was sleepy. And I was like, well, fine. But Airplane would wake you up. Yeah, well now it's that good. I'm just and gonna have she to. Watched. She didn't even get to. She didn't even get to Liam Neeson. Sorry, Liam Neeson. Leslie. Uh, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> didn't get to Liam Neeson. It's just That's like, where's my film. daughter? <laughs> I'm not proud of myself. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh Coming in at number four, we've got Mad Max, the original. Nice. Made for hundred million dollars. Well, well done. Number three. A film I'm not familiar with at all. Stir Crazy. I think this is a cooking movie. Mm, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. They're making Michael soup. Michael Myers. Does and you cooking. have to keep stirring it. Michael, Michael Myers cooking show. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it'll burn. You have to keep stirring the stew. Yeah. Yeah, that well, makes can sense. we do that? Can we do like a like a Halloween yep. cooking class, but yep. with Michael Myers and Jason like using their you know their weapons, and yep. then at the end, like the face just comes in with a. Well, especially for like, Jason, because it'd be like this is the way Mama used to make it. It'd be good, so oh, good. Yeah. Just, oh. Michael would just be lurking in the background, watching. Maybe he'll like taste it every now and then. But he's got the yeah. kitchen knife, so he's he'll be. Useful. Oh, that's right. He's yeah. chopping. Yeah, he's got to yeah. do the chapa chapa. Jason's good. He's got the machete. We can work with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I feel Freddy's like we should edit this out. This is too good. We need to Yeah, that's true. Out. We don't want anyone to steal this idea. <laughs> We're going to. We'll do it for the next Halloween special. Mm, Sounds okay. good. Okay. Coming in at number two, a movie I do know quite well. Talk about 925. What a way to make a living. Yeah. 925. So good. You guys, so this good. is like the hardest karaoke song. It is. It is constant you yeah. think it's easy because you're like oh i know all the words she sings just con- constantly the whole time yeah. and it's like at that really quick tempo you are out oh, yeah. of breath oh yeah dolly dolly don't fuck around also dolly does not another fantastic country music well, artist she just came out with a, a film that oh is not yeah good. heartstrings heartstrings oh dolly 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 stop. dolly i love you and it tugged at my heartstrings but no. Mm. Stick to Steel Magnolias. That's a great movie. Oh, that is a great movie. So a great movie. this episode, this episode is going to be even longer than the last. Probably because <laughs> you're welcome. You bonus We've already content. discussed the other things, so we're not excited about it. 
But coming in at number one, another great movie, surprising no one, blowing out the competition at like four times the box office revenue, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. You can go back and listen to our Star Wars retrospective, which we'll be coming back to in just a couple of weeks' time for Rise of Skywalker. Me, Christina, and Alex. And I think we're going to have a special guest on that one, Old Heaven. Is going to come in as our new Star Wars nerd. Thought you were going to say Baby Yoda. I was going to get excited. (gasps) Going to bring in Baby Yoda, not Yoda. You could technically say he's there because he doesn't talk. Mm -hmm. He makes some noises. He makes... Oh, yeah, but we can can make that happen. Anyway. That's it. We did it. The top ten. My turn. Yay. Horror movies. Got the horror films. Horror Thank movies you. of the nineteen eighties. Stolen Thunder. Hey, okay, no, no, wait, wait, wait. This is what we're gonna do. Wait, <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> normally I'll explain what they are. We've already done this list. Shannon, yeah, take over. Because presumably you remember all of my descriptions. Oh, I'm gonna d- give the descriptions. Okay, great, perfect. I got this. Oh, great. Okay, starting with The Shining. Oh, uh, that's where uh, there's a bright, shiny object, and you have to race to get it before the murderer gets you. Yeah, it's similar to like well, Harry Potter's Goblet of Fire. Got to oh, get, got to get the goblet. Got to get the shining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Prom night. Oh, prom night. Well, it is prom, and everyone has a lovely time, and that's what's really terrifying because prom is always terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, night also, o- you can go back to our previous show to hear our thoughts on prom night. <laughs> to actually hear about prom night. Prom uh, night, prom night, prom night. Some really great disco dancing. Night of the Demon. Night of the Demon. It's just a Sunday. That's it. Continue. Right? Okay. Uh, New Year's <laughs> Evil. Oh, New Year's Evil. This is a great one. This is when the baby that comes in for New Year's, right? You know how like the baby ushers in the new year. The old man is the old year. The baby ushers in the new year. Well, turns out the baby is evil. Oh. Mm -hmm. Spoilers. He's going to murder everyone. You just shrug at the end of that. That's like a Jewish shrug at the end of there. I was like, what do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> this is how it is. Yeah. Fucking evil baby. There's nothing more to say. Evil baby. Evil baby, evil new year. What do you want? <laughs> uh, Mother's Day. There's a lot of like the holidays in this list. Yeah, there are a lot of holidays. Mother's Day is whenever you don't make your mom's favorite recipe to her exact specifications. And then she <laughs> nags you until you kill yourself. Or you I don't... would watch that movie. I feel mm-hmm. like I it's lived just, it. it. Yeah, it's just she is consistently disappointed in you for uh, not doing things the way that she would have done them. So then you're nagged to death. That sounds great. You doing? You doing all I right? I love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a little mini therapy session that we've fallen into. It with really Shannon. is. This is great. <laughs> oh my god, uh, Motel Hell. Motel Hell. This actually, oddly enough, takes place in a motel that I stayed in in Montana that is also a hunting lodge um, where the bloodstains are still on the carpet. You can go and visit this motel on the High Line of Montana. That's it. Motel Hell. Was it called Motel Hell when you stayed there or after you left? Did they change the name? Oh, uh, they changed the name after we left because we were like, guys, this motel, it's hell. (laughs) <laughs> that's, and they were like that's your Yelp uh-uh. review yeah, basically 100%. 100% literally we were like this is clearly 
the a carcass blood stain on this carpet. What do we do? It could I, because of this film, I know it's human. I'm almost regretting giving you this task. Let's You're welcome. <laughs> continue. Maniac. Oh, that is the biography of Shannon Hollander. All right. Well, that's obvious. Yeah. Um, Can't go film. Humanoids from the deep. Humanoids from the deep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't it make film, it up real title <laughs> yeah this film you wouldn't expect it it's a rom-com i don't know why it's on your horror list <laughs> they meet these the humanoids they, they arise from the deep and find their one true love on land it's amazing it's really nice. sweet nice it's on it's like you've got mail part two yeah well and actually i think dolly parton's heartstrings draws inspiration from it so it makes sense makes yeah. sense Totally. Humanoids from the Humano- deep. Humanoids from the deep. We're meeting. We're meeting. And we're in love. We're in love so much. I feel we're losing. You like, were afraid uh, old- that we wouldn't have energy on this one. That's what I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I feel we're losing an old listener base, but we're going to gain a whole new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is definitely like. Listen, this is what happens when we have to redo a podcast is um, just I make it mania. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, we're nearing the end. He knows you're alone. Oh, God. This one. This is a this very. This one is actually your horror film. <laughs> this I was gonna say. This one is actually a very scary film. This is my personal nightmare brought to the screen. <laughs> That's it. It's just a stream of consciousness of my personal nightmare <laughs> on screen. <laughs> um, I don't recommend it. It's very scary. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember which big actor was in this one? Jason Statham. Sure. <laughs> as a as a young this... child. Well, it's Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. that's right. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. I forgot that at some point these were supposed to be based off of things that you said about this, implying that I listen. <laughs> yeah, we gave up on that. Yeah. Um, one that Tom Hanks was not in is Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, Cannibal Holocaust. Well, what more do we need to say about that? It's like they chose two very difficult words and then pushed them together and you're like, that's just too much. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's when you find out that Jeffrey Dahmer was Jewish. <laughs> That's it. It's just, it's him doing his Ancestry.com. You guys, someone give Shannon some money so we can make these movies. I tell you what, <laughs> right? I want to watch them. Genius, this brain. Genius. Uh, and then ones that we have covered already, which are The Fog and Friday the 13th. I can allow Shannon to give you false premises for these, but I feel like we're all aware. Yeah, you're all aware. It's there. The fog. It's foggy. Friday the thirteenth. There's one. Go see. Go watch Adrian Barbeau. She's yeah, amazing. I love mm-hmm. her. Friday, Friday the thirteenth. It's just a day. That's it. Yeah, it's coming up this month. It's, it's happening in three days. I know. Great. Great. Very exciting. It's I did a post exciting. on Twitter to see if anyone wanted to do anything Jason themed with me. No one responded. Yeah, it's going to be Friday the 13th. the cooking show. It'd be fun. That sounds good. And it's going to be a full moon. Friday the 13th and a full moon. Ooh. Shit's going to go down. Murder's confirmed. Yeah. Are we done? Was that it? That's we it. did it. Cool. 1980. That was the episode. We're all going to go home. Come back next week. Goodbye. The burning. Mm-hmm. Terror Train then comes amidst all those movies. As you may have noticed, lots of slashes as Shannon's descriptions perfectly illustrated yep. it's 1980 this is the beginning really of the slasher boom it's taken a couple of years since halloween but they're already out the gate plenty of ones they're just not necessarily fully formed yet you know they haven't quite figured out all of the tropes 
that the uh, particular American male audience is going to expect from them. Mm. And then amongst that, we get Territory, part of the trifecta of Jamie Lee Curtis films from 1980. As you mentioned on that very list, we had The Fog. Yep. We had some other prom night. And we've got Terror Train. Uh, she would also go on to do Halloween 2 and obviously did Halloween. So it was like a little cluster of years where she did a whole bunch of these slasher movies. Triple uh, Presumably it. hoping for different results. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. I don't know. I feel like she got the desired results. She is a huge international <laughs> superstar. This is true. Who is well is known we sh- for her horror movies. But she was like, by this point, because she'd done Prom Night and she was disappointed with how Prom Night turned out, really just to be trying to ape Halloween. She felt she'd already said that before. Terror Train, honestly, she did it because, yep, she got paid quite a good lot of money. She got put up in a decent hotel. She got treated properly on this one. It wasn't, you know, a low budget um, uh, sort of movie like a lot of them where they're working at half a million dollars or something like that. And she got to work with a lot of important people because Terror Train is directed by Roger Spottiswood. Which, yes, Spotty's Wood, um, mm-hmm. who directed Turner and Hooch, Tomorrow Never Dies, and Arnie filmed The Sixth Day. He is the editor from a whole bunch of Sam Peckinpah movies. Uh, this was his first film. But yeah, he was a big deal. It was written by T.Y. Drake, who sadly died in 2008. It was also written uncredited, who came up with the story, was Daniel Grodnick, um, who was a producer. And Judith Rasko, who's also uncredited, uh, she wrote Endless Love, that Brooke Shields film. Franco is a Pirelli film. There you go. Yeah, how much singing can you ring from? <laughs> Listen, I need a job. <laughs> I don't think this to is, show we're range. getting that, Shannon. I don't think this is the pool you're meant to be fishing from, Shannon. I'm trying to show range. I'm trying to show skills. <laughs> DP by John Alcott. Uh, now, this guy died in 1986, but he was, he's a big deal. He was Stanley Kubrick's DP, DP for a long time. He helped out in 2001. He did uh, Clockwork Orange. He did Barry Lyndon and The Shining, nice. as we keep mm. mentioning. And this was his job, which, see if you can f- like fake the gasps because this shocked you guys the first time around. This was the job that he did directly after The Shining. He went from The Shining straight to Terror Train. What? Preposterous. <laughs> That's insane. I can't. Uh, what? Very good, guys. Very good. Convincing. Um, genuinely quite surprising. He would go on to do Greystoke, which I, I used to... I grew up with that film. I, I don't Greystoke. know that one. It's a legend of Tarzan. Um, Andy McDowell's in it. Uh, I fell in love with Andy McDowell when I was young. Yeah. And it's actually Tarzan's played by Christopher Lambert, Highlander himself. Whoa. Mm-hmm. There can only be one. And, it, and it's treated as a very, 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 very like serious... This is what it would really, how it would have happened if someone had grown up in the jungle and then was brought back and had to like acclimatize to England in the 19, whenever it was 30s or something. Um, And it's probably terrible, but I loved it when I was growing up. Music by John Mills Cockle. Starring Ben Johnson as Khan. Khan? Ken? I don't know. Hmm. Whatever. Um, From The Last Picture Show. The the Wild Punch, The Getaway. This guy has been tons of film. He was a big, big get for them. Uh, He died in 1996. Also starring Jamie Lee Curtis as Alana. Starring Hart Bochner. I think that's how you say his name. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, Why not? As as Doc. Uh, People might know him from Supergirl, from Die Hard. I know him from Urban Legends Final Cut. Mm. Derek McKinnon as Kenny Hampson. Sandy Curry as Mitchie, uh, who we're going to be talking about again in a few weeks' time in Curtains. And David Copperfield as the magician. What? 
what? I mean, legit. I, whenever we saw David, Co- I was like, is that David Copperfield? What the fuck? Who the fuck? I know. What we the- didn't notice his name in the opening credits. Mm-hmm. We had to look it up. But it is. Yeah. Sure enough. It is. Very young I mean, don't David lie. Copperfield. That hair don't lie. So you got <laughs> Sam Peckinpah's editor doing his directorial debut. You've got an Oscar-winning actor, which is Ben Johnson. Mm-hmm. You've got Stanley Kubrick's DP. And you've got David Copperfield. So into that, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to want to come on board. And you got a real train. Come on. Yep. Got a real train. Yeah, they took a real train. They put it in, in a sort of soundstage to work with. Uh, but they would bring it out on the tracks every now and then to do a few of the shots. But yeah, they wanted to work in a real train and the cinematographer was a little bit frustrated with that because he meant he had to rig it as best as he possibly could and it definitely made it sacrifices in certain places mm-hmm. for him. I really like that about it though. We're going to get into the film in a minute, but I, I will say straight off, yeah, I like that they used a real train. There is something about it that feels restricted in a mm-hmm. nice way. Well, it definitely feels like authentic. Like you, when you're when they're going through it and things, you can absolutely tell it's a real train and it's not just a set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this movie at the time was the most expensive slasher movie made. It was $2.7 million, which doesn't sound like much now. And this is, you know, without inflation, obviously. Um, But that's the same budget as Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Prom Night combined. This was a huge deal. And they wanted to be, you know, uh, they wanted to take the slasher formula and do it on a massive scale and thought they would have a huge blockbuster because of that. I can't even find out what the box office is because it was never fully reported. We know this movie did not do great. It was shot in Montreal, though, in 30 days. So the producer, Daniel Grodnick, who we mentioned earlier, is coming up with the basic idea for this. He had watched Silver Streak and Halloween back-to-back one weekend, Silver Streak being set on a train. And then okay. he went to sleep and had this dream and woke up and said to his wife, what do you think about putting Halloween on a train? And his wife said, sleepily, that's a terrible fucking idea. <laughs> so he wrote... <laughs> he that's wrote like what down, I do to James every morning. Like, I had this dream. I think it's a vision. He's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> sure, keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he wrote down on his little notepad next to his bed, terrible train. And in the morning... He woke up and looked at it and realized probably shouldn't have terrible in your title. Uh, so he changed it to terror train. I just wanted which, to be like a bunch of old Jewish ladies like, this is a terrible train. Right? Like the whole <laughs> the time. The is pointing, is very just complaining about everything. What's mm-hmm. with the rocking? I can't drink my tea. Mm-hmm. Could you please tell them to stop the whistling? Stop the whistling. Where's irritating. my cabin? <laughs> To be fair, Terror Train is like, it's a good title. Like, I like it. It's a good, solid title. It's alliterative. Um, but, okay, so this thing, he has that dream that night. He wakes up, changes to Terror Train. He writes a 22-page sort of little synopsis, little sort of plan for what they could do. And then he took it to Sandy Howard's company. Well, he rang him up, told me he had this idea to go. I was like, let's go in and have lunch. He had lunch with the guy, talked to him about it. By 3 p.m. Uh, that, de- that afternoon, they were making a deal. Wow. And then four months later, they were shooting this movie. It's like, uh, in Hollywood terms, that's absurd. It takes 10 years to make movies. Like, that is an insane fucking timeline. But it's so much different, I think, back in the 80s, because I just started watching that Netflix show about, like, the movies that made us. Oh, yeah. And they kind of break Me stuff t- down. Besides the narrator's voice, which is abysmal yeah very annoying. um it is it's really cool because you they tell you kind of what we do for these and as far as like how it got made you know the trials and tribulations of getting it made and behind the scenes things and the the first one is home alone and they mm-hmm. talk about how yeah it, it was essentially like john hughes busting out 
you know, 15 scripts in a matter of a month or something. And one of them, he handed over to a, a friend director. And yeah, it was in a matter of a week, I think. Yeah, they were like, that he used to write on the weekend. This, and they were like, what's the premise? What do you think it'll cost? Yes, we can make it for that. We'll go for this. Yeah. And like immediately start on things. You know what? Fuck it. Let's just talk about John Hughes. Um, <laughs> that is a very lengthy no, then story. I have to talk about Flubber. Yeah. Um, what is wrong with that? <laughs> Robin Williams. <sighs> yeah. No, I mean, to be fair, it does still happen. But yeah, it is. It either takes a long time or it does just go, go, go. Yeah. In terms of like, we have this slot. Great. Let's like put this out in a crazy amount of time. Uh, but back then, yeah, it could happen a lot, lot easier like that. It was just the way people were. And they just had the expectation of like, cool, we're going to put this out for Christmas or in summer or whenever. And you have four months to get this done and, and you just had to do it. Well, Post-production certainly didn't drag on because you didn't have digital effects, obviously. Yeah. You didn't have color grading in the same way. You did have color grading, but it wasn't anywhere near as, you know, you didn't have the versatility of what you could do now with, with digital color grade. And you, they didn't do as much work with sound either. So yeah, like post-production has, has got a lot more complicated since we've moved into the digital world. Well, and you just didn't have the same entertainment competition as well. You know, like TV yeah. was not as vast as it is now. Like, you know, making a movie, not necessarily a safe investment, but certainly safer than what it is today in terms of guaranteeing you're going to get butts and seats yeah, in a way less competition that, sure. you, uh, so. that you can't today. Mm-hmm. Yes, no guarantee now. That you're no guarantee for the butts and the seats. So people, yeah, were eager to sign up when they heard all of the details of this and the budget it was going to be. Ben Johnson, yeah, who played the, the sort of legendary actor, he didn't even read the script. Um, he just saw that Roger Spottiswood was the director and he had enormous admiration for his work as an editor on Sam Peckinpah's films. So he said he knew he would make a great director. Always a mistake. Hmm. All right, then. We'll be the judge of that. Ben also asked Roger to take out as much of his dialogue as possible, which it feels the opposite of most actors. Because he said John Ford had once said to him, Ben, when you're in front of the camera, you're not going to need too many words. You just won't need them. They get in the way. So I mean, that's the mantra he would take. I don't disagree. Maybe, maybe that's the angle Baby Yoda's going with. Hmm. 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 And yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis did shoot this back-to-back for Prom Night in Canada, Toronto for Prom Night, Montreal for Terra Train. Mm. Wow. She loves um, Canada. Nice nice and close. She also did road games in this era as well from 1980 to 1981, which is a really cool film. Which I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's cool. It's a, you know, it's a kind of the Hitcher joyride type movie. Amen. But shot in Australia, I believe. They originally went to Paul Lynch, the director of Prom Night, to direct Terror Train, but he turned it down. So they ended up going to Roger Spottiswood, who hadn't directed before, um, but yeah, was well known for all of, all of his editing work. So let's get into the movie, shall we? Yeah, do it. 20th Century Fox logo. This is their only slasher film, so that's something to relish. And it does give you a little bit of a kind of like, oh, maybe this is going to be a classy slasher film. <laughs> Fun music kicks in. We see a bonfire. We're in our, our obligatory prerequisite of a little you know opening scene to set up stuff that's going to happen yep. uh, why our murder is going to be doing what they're doing so your bonfire and some med kids are out in the snow partying for new year inexplicably Jamie wearing Lee- cowboy hats it's like a cowboy bonfire yeah. <laughs> what the fuck with these med students it's such a I weird i think they're trying to because they're group. shooting in canada but i think they're trying to suggest it's america All so right. put on some cowboy hats put on a cowboy hat <laughs> <laughs> <That'll fool them. laughs> oh my god 
Eat a hot dog. Right. <laughs> we see Jamie Lee Curtis, who, which surprised me because I didn't remember her being in this opening. As per usual, you two hadn't seen this film before. And this was, I'd She's seen a, it a little lot, baby. I love her little face. Yeah. <laughs> but it's strange. Normally in the opening, you have other characters. Then you set up the murderer and then you get the title and come into, you know, our characters after that. Mm-hmm. So in here, we're not getting that. We're actually getting most of our characters are all here in this scene. And yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is it's making eyes at some guy across the fire. And then we see some dorky looking kid called Kenny. Oh, uh, Kenny. Who's really awkward. Kind of, you know, purposely trying to play him as, as odd looking as they can. <laughs> and the jocks are all pushing him to go after Jamie, saying that she likes him. Mm-hmm. While the girls are convincing a very nervous Jamie to go through with it. Yeah. And we're meant to think, I think, yeah, they're trying to make us think that it's genuine to begin with. Because we're not obviously let in on what's happening. But the dialogue is so bad. My actual note is, I mean, this dialogue, these actors, where's Jamie? These people are annoying. (laughs) That is is my legit first note about this whole scene. Because she's not really speaking. She's just sort of like making doughy eyes. We're just inferring. And looking looking scared. Yeah. Because she's like, I don't even know the guy. And you're meant to think they're all pressurizing her to have sex with him. But that's not what they're doing. They're pressurizing her to pull this horrible prank. Um, which Which I don't know why you would have to know him I feel like knowing him might make it worse what you're about to do but I think she means I think what she's trying to say is like I've got nothing against this guy yeah like I don't I see okay don't pick Uh, on him guys god only if you got something against them right then you can make them do what's gonna happen only if you have a real vendetta (laughs) oh so she like lures him in to this bedroom where there are drapes everywhere and behind the drapes he can see this like person in the bed which he thinks is jamie but jamie's actually hiding behind a curtain pretending to be the voice of the other body that's in the bed so he just is i mean again this kid 100 percent a virgin he just strips all his clothes straight (laughs) yellow underwear yellow i'm like so pathetic it is is so sad where do you even get yellow underwear why would you make that color i don't i feel like the costumer is like trying to make it different than the oh. tank top that he's wearing and it's just it's such a it's so bad it's, it's so just they're just trying to make him look as pathetic as possible well, and yeah, it's really it upsetting it looks like oh. pee pee underwear that's what it looks yeah. like yeah. it looks <laughs> and like it is. he wet himself and then like just dyed the underwear that whole color yeah. and also so, for a virgin that thinks he's about to like have sex I for the know. first time he is taking his clothes off as though there's a gun being held to him like yeah. yes Yes, miss. Yes. Is this what you like? Is this it's so is weird. this is this what you want me to do? How's like, my yellow it makes underwear? No sense. It makes no sense at all. It's, it's not so at all how you're gonna act. If you're him, you're gonna be terrified. Yeah. Like you would not just come in and just go, Yeah, all right, I'll tell my clothes off. I got no inhibitions. Yeah, you gotta get warmed yeah. up. <laughs> but yeah, he takes his glasses off, which is meant to insinuate that now he can't see properly. So he goes through the through the drapes goes to kiss the girl in the bed but that's when we find out because they're all med students ha 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 they've got a cadaver what could be funnier than so putting a rotting corpse in gross. the bed and tricking someone into thinking they're gonna have sex with them it just gross the use of body parts in general in this a who the fuck is at this med school it's like yeah you could borrow this right? cadaver kid it's like fast what and loose fuck? with this it's like those are organ donors that's yes. a big deal. And if somebody like offers their whole body to science, it's not for you to be some little asshole and pull pranks with my corpse. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I'm no well, longer going to be an I organ do, donor because of this that. movie. I can't I'll risk that when I die. I it's like, are you, do- are you donating your body to science? No, I'm donating my body to comedy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I would donate my body to comedy. But I would want like a certain tier of comedy. I'd be like, not you, not you, fine yeah. you, not uh-huh. you. I'd like final <laughs> approval. I'd yes. like my family to have posthumous approval of the comedy for which yes. my cadaver is used for. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Thank you very much. It's just gross. It's a bull. And also, again, this is this kid's first time having sex. Why does he take his glasses off? Is he? A, does he not right? want to see a boob? I know. You want to check it out. Exactly. You not want to yeah. see the naked girl? Come on. Exactly. So already, well, even more improbable holes. than that is that he kisses this, this cadaver, begins freaking out, as you would. Which would smell um, really bad, by the way. Yeah. It would smell like formaldehyde yes. and rotting flesh. Yeah. Right. And then the way he handles <laughs> having done this terrible act is he oh stands God. up on the bed and turns into the Tasmanian devil and just begins spinning <laughs> in a circle, getting so wrapped up in these drapes. As Jamie twirl. just suddenly seems to realize what's going on and freaks out, all the people are at the door sort of laughing at him. And then he goes into this weird slow mo. So weird. <laughs> with the sound as well, then it all just goes. And then just stops and then the title comes up. <laughs> it's so weird. Well, and like, you know, all of these horror films have like a setup like this, right? This is our our classic setup. And typically there's someone that dies or we think dies. Yes. I kept waiting. I was like watching this through my fingers, waiting for him to like fall through the window or something to actually happen. Okay, they had candles in this room. It's yeah. like the drapes are going to catch some fire. Surely that's what's going to happen. Nope, right. nothing. Nope. He's just he's just going to spin and then freeze. Fabric. He's just he can't find his way out of the fabric. He's just he's so lost. Yeah, at first I thought he was going to like hang himself yeah. on accident or something because there's I, all I could think of in my head was like what happened. After the like, so if you really play that scene through to the end, yeah. he would just stop spinning, right? <laughs> yeah, and then un- go the other direction, and you're you're fine, right? It's like, did they all just leave him there, and then the meds had to come and cut him and out plus, of the drapes? Like, he's I standing on the bed with a dead body, and as you're spinning around, you're like stepping on a dead body, like, yeah, gross. You're just making it and worse. I, feel, I would like to think that the medical school would have expelled all the kids involved with this. Exactly. But no, they did not. Because cut but to But as we're going to find graduation. out, they're just going to give them more dead body parts. Right. A year later. Or whatever, four years later. The end of time is happening here in London right now. Yeah, I can hear There's your rain. rain. It's been insanely windy, and then this rainstorm has come in. And we don't get, you know, hurricanes or anything in London, but it's going insane outside. And it just came out of nowhere. And I'm a little bit concerned. It's Kenny. He's coming for There's you. There's a weird drippy noise. I have to run and check that something isn't open in the other room because okay. it's freaking me out a little bit. One second. Should we pause? You need a clap? You can just keep talking. Like, well, this this show's already fucked, so everyone's in it for the, for the long Oh, months. Jesus. Okay. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. I was digging all these uh, these movies that you were talking about. Yeah, I really liked the humanoids from the deep idea. I, should we be I talking about... Good terror train or other stuff i don't think it really matters yeah i don't think so yeah that's true that's true everyone stopped listening at this point right i know this is really just to placate al this whole podcast is because he felt we needed to redo it i personally think it gave it something a little extra to have me staticky and you just blip out at some point 
Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, keeps it's the relationship some exciting. character. Yeah, it's lucky I went. There's like so I have a door here to like a, a rooftop thing, and that door I had no idea how because it's very secure. It's wide open. Oh, and there's just like rain, just like fucking flooding in through it. Well, if um, we've learned anything from horror movies, your reaction should absolutely be to not check the whole house. Yeah. No. Let the doors open. Someone probably got in. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, at least we can see behind you. So yeah, we'll warn true. you if we see anybody <laughs> coming at you with anything. Now for the rest Let of this podcast, I'm just going to be like, oh my God, Al. <laughs> Al. <laughs> it's definitely um, going to be like, and I know what you did last summer, sort of get up is what yeah. I'm envisioning with the rain. Like mm-hmm. rain slicker. Mm. Yeah. Sort of vibe. But like Which British. kind of cool. So. British rain yeah. slicker, so like so like Paddington Bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, little Paddington. He'll come visit you. So we see a door opening, like a huge, you know, uh, warehouse door opening, and then a train coming through as the big music comes and the title comes up to this dramatic, yeah, really dramatic music. A moment. I like so the music. Really cool. I like the music yeah. a lot. And you immediately think, okay, there's a different type of slasher because we had an opening. I like getting openings before the credits. I don't like what that opening was. But in this shot of the train, I'm like, cool. They're set up fine. Whatever. Let's get into the movie. We get a bus of the same med school kids and a whole bunch of other kids who just graduated. And their party is going to be... Well, yeah. sorry, they're about to graduate. Well, this party is confusing. It's like, we're yeah. about to graduate. It's Jamie's birthday. And it's also New Year's Eve. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. As we <laughs> discussed we before while going through the horror films, like everything is about holidays. And I feel like right. they took three holidays and we're like, these are all of them that we're doing. Because we're not, we're going to find out at one point, one of them says that they're some of them are graduating early. And I was oh. like, I didn't even A, know that you could do that in pre-med. And well, then they're B, great it's like, why students. does that matter here? They've had all this extra yeah. time with cadavers. They are excellent. That's true. <laughs> they leveled up. They're from actually being just expelled because they keep stealing cadavers. Maybe that's it. It is. It is a really, it's a messy, yeah, it's setup. So it messy. definitely feels like a film where the script was rushed in that context of like, we haven't quite figured out all the ways we're setting this up. Just give them as many reasons as possible and right, people right. will be fine. But really, for me, it just is, it feels like it's just a New Year's party, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Everyone's in dress up. You've got all these different masks and stuff. There's a lot of cool costumes that are really like, yeah, we've got Groucho masks. We've got Lizard. We've got Pirate Hats. We're learning here that the jocks are all, they're still pranksters, like what happened before. That we didn't see what happened before, but whatever <laughs> the outcome was of what they did before, they still love just pulling pranks and they got like fake bodies and all this bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah, they're a bunch of assholes. And the train porters at this point seem really amused by the nightmarish mess that I looks know. like it's about to hit their train. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, like that's the most unrealistic thing about this movie is that the the train conductor, everyone involved with the train is like, oh, these kids, this is going to be fun. This is going to be silly. This is going to be. It's like, no, they're going to destroy your fucking train. Yeah. Yeah, like, to like 15 minutes waiver. later and this guy's like, what the fuck? Why is everyone cool? What's going on? I didn't know there was a party <laughs> on yeah. my train. Nope, everyone is just so totally weird. chill about this. Like, if I saw that group of people coming into a restaurant, I would immediately, like, get the fuck out. Like, burn yep. the place down. <laughs> There's no yep. point. It's done. <laughs> and no, he's, like, totally cool with having them stuck on this train that's going to go the entire night. Like, I know. I was like, what is this overnight 
train ride that they're on. Because it seems as yeah. we're going to find that it's almost like they're doing a big loop, which I understand because you can get on train like scenic train rides or whatever that are usually like two to four hours or something long. But this one is mm-hmm. long. It's a really yeah. long train ride. It'd be insanely expensive. And yeah, just kind of pointless. It's like, if you want to do this, do it on the way to a holiday where yeah. you'll get to party on the way to a holiday or something. It's like so weird that it might as well just stay off. in the hangar. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for it to go anywhere. They're it's just going so like, to get dropped back off in this blizzard in the middle of nowhere again. It's like, no, drop me off somewhere exciting. But I do love the setup. Like the idea of a Halloween on a train sounds fucking great to me. And now yeah. obviously in a post-Snowpiercer world, it sounds cool, like all the weird stuff you can have. And they do try and kind of do that here. So we're going to get David Copperfield here getting all of his kit onto the train. What's confusing about this is he's not playing himself, but mm-hmm. he is playing still a magician. He's just not playing a David Copperfield level magician. <laughs> it's really weird. weird. Yeah, well, but like he's still doing David Copperfield level tricks. Yeah. It's just he's not being treated like he's David Copperfield. And also... But you could so- He's so creepy in this, like, as they're setting it up, like, him just watching the party, him preparing, him, like, talking about it. He's so creepy how he does it. Well, it's because they're going to paint him as the killer throughout the whole film. Yeah. They're going to paint him as, like, yeah, which I think is the reason why they don't allow him to. But nowadays, you would 100% just have him be David as Copperfield. Himself. And you'd have yeah. some people going, like, oh, my God, how did they get David Copperfield? And some go, oh, my dad's friends with him or some bullshit. Right. But no, here he's just playing the magician. Who right. does illusions. Yes. <laughs> um, he's getting all his kid onto the train. And yeah, Jerry, as all this happens and everyone's boarding, the guy dresses Groucho Marx, gets a sword through him, but everyone just thinks he's faking. And then we see someone else, but we don't see who, putting on the costume and boarding the train. So we're setting up what this movie could be, which is people are pulling enough jokes and everyone's used to people pulling jokes that we can have murders in public and no one's really going to mm-hmm. pay any attention to it. A little which is boy cool. who cried wolf action. Yeah, it's nice because normally the problem with these films is always, well, as soon as someone sees one of these things, it's everything's over. Like the party mm-hmm. has to end and we have to shift gear into just slasher territory. Here it allows you to drag that out a bit more. Well, plus it's um, nice that he was such a corny motherfucker from the get-go yeah. that you're oh, yeah. like, oh, He's yes, please be the first one to go. Like, Yeah, I really wanted him to die immediately. It was I like was they very took happy. the jokes of the entire film and he somehow squished it all into five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I, so my note for him was, oh, is he supposed to be the funny one? Ugh, so and then it's, thank God he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the guys is like, I want to propose a toast. And he's like, that's not toast. And I was like, oh, my God. Ugh. Kill him. So bad. So You're going to make a terrible doctor anyway. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? He'd be like a gynecologist, too. A hundred percent. hundred percent. This is who I have to do this with. Wonderful. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Likes to the well. Let's just check you out down there. Give it an old yep. look. See. <laughs> oh, sorry, my hands just are a little pretends, cold. Just pretends to be walking down some stairs. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, go down south now. Making like cave sounds down there. <laughs> hello, hello. Mm-hmm. You know what? Fortunately, we don't have to deal with him as our gynecologist because he's dead. Sword through yeah. the stomach. Well, I would stab him me, if that was my gynecologist. That's so. true. It makes me very happy that I wasn't popular in school, so I didn't have to put up with jokes to idiots like this. <laughs> Jamie's hanging with her blonde friend, who makes me sad I wasn't popular in school because she's stupidly attractive. Yeah, so to a point hot. Like, Mitchie is like the hottest thing. Yeah, Mitchie's super hot. Insane. 
insane um and really lovely as well yeah. <laughs> it seems pretty great and somehow um, she's Groucho, with like though. the biggest prick which is doc well but that's how it always is right yeah you know, but she's doc is clearly supposed to be the big man on campus and she's super hot so like and she's clearly not hung up on him. It's not like she's defined by yeah. him, which is what I think I like. We'll get to it later, but like he goes off to do something and she's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. She's clearly not intending to be with him next year. Right. And she's kind of trying it on with other guys as well. Like it's, I don't know. I yeah. think she's got like a good balance going got a little And potentially tat. girls. She has this like bi vibe to her. So. Yeah. yeah. Which makes sense. I feel sense like if Jamie got drunk enough, they could totally, you know. Oh, 100%. 100%. They've had a, yeah. a drunken college makeout at some point. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie would have been like, oh, I don't know, I can't. And Mitch is like, it's fine. It's fine. Let's just give it a try. That's how it goes. So did I ever tell you about the time where I had sex with a hitchhiker who was twice my age? <laughs> <laughs> I just jumped in his truck. <laughs> That's a fog reference, people. That's a fog <laughs> reference. And you know what? I got it. <laughs> you would too if you're Tom Atkins. Uh, Groucho's watching everything. My first note with this was really like, uh, is this mask scary? Because this killer's a thing. Because this is the setup. This this film has so many cool ideas. Like, let's put it on a train. Let's say we can have pranksters so they're not going to believe everything. Let's going to have a killer who changes masks, which was a really great idea. And they were getting really ahead of the game to do that because masks weren't that, you know, established by that point. But are any of these masks scary? The Groucho mask, Groucho marks one for me. No, I find it a little scary only because like it has this kind of vacant eeriness to it Mm -hmm. when he puts it on, like when the killer, when the killer puts it on, it somehow adopts a very different vibe than when the first guy had it. Yeah. So I agree. I would say at this point, yes, it's scary at the beginning. Not so much. Mm-hmm. I find this mask scarier than other masks we will get to for sure. And I agree because of like the vacancy. I like that you can still see part of the face, right? Mm-hmm. And still see like thoughts and feelings of this killer, right? And and the fact that he's so stoic and like a Groucho mask also has like Hitler connotations too to some degree so like Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of that there as well so I don't find it like scary scary but I think it is an appropriate like creepy vibe for sure Mm -hmm. yeah it's not the worst but it's definitely no Jason or Michael Myers you know no Yes, yeah, so it is where we learn about the conductor. We get to learn what their dreams are. <laughs> we For get into some fucking some reason. <laughs> train arguments about where the industry's heading. Right? We've also found out <laughs> at this point that they have to decide to have all these fucking college kids on a train without a radio. Yeah. At this point, which even at the, I was like, how are these words coming out of your mouth? And you as an adult are thinking this is okay, like a good idea that you're going to let whatever 100 it's like 80 to 100 kids or something on yeah, it's an insane amount of kids I'm insane insane Copperfield he's he's again creeping on all the kids judging them saying that he wants it quiet when he does his illusions right? so he's so all upset with how loud they are and the jocks they're planning a new prank yeah and they actually talk about what happened before but it's kind of alluded to they don't really like explicit it took me a while to realize they were talking about the opening scene right Uh, but he's blaming that because they were freshmen i guess so they didn't really know how to do jokes properly but now they do and then it's brought up by jamie because they put kenny in the hospital and jamie lee curtis is not impressed even though she was 
absolutely a part of everything that right happened. yep i'm the I biggest guess, shock to, to be me fair, is she felt rused like she didn't necessarily know like maybe she didn't know there was a body there maybe she didn't she just thought i don't know yeah, well, but yeah. I don't think she did, but they don't make that clear enough. At all. Yeah, yeah, not we at need all. Something. We need a line of her going like, I didn't know, you know, yeah. I thought it was a, was a mannequin there. or something. I didn't know it was a real yeah. body. Right. So I was just going to tease him by luring him into sexual situations that I wouldn't <laughs> reciprocate. I just wanted to see his yellow underwear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest shock to me is she's dating one of these fuckers. I know. Not the head one, thankfully. Right. Um, but she is dating one of them. As again, Groucho just is like, he's just there. Just Who apparently the threw this masquerade birthday party for her. Yeah. <laughs> but even when they're getting off the train at the very beginning when he's surprising her with this, and he's like, I did all this for you. Happy New Year's Eve graduation birthday. <laughs> like, it's so confusing because no one is all? wishing her a happy birthday. Right. So no if this one. is for, no. if this is for her birthday, candles. <laughs> nobody, there's no cake. There's no birthday party. Nobody mentions right. her yeah. birthday. Nothing. It genuinely time. feels like they're halfway through filming, if not further, and someone's like, "Yeah, this is all cool, but like, why is the killer going after Jamie?" Yeah, and then someone had to like, "Oh, it's her birthday!" Like quickly. But she was two part scenes. of the original prank. That's right. all you have to have. You know. Well, need and then to also, have it. was it her birthday in the original prank? It would have had to have I think been because so. this is supposed to be the same time frame. Because it's supposed to be New Year's Eve so. again. Yeah. Their old parties used to be at bonfires and now they're on a fucking train. I guess. It's so Leveled strange. Up. Something like that. So lovely Mitchie's having a chat with Groucho and he's about to kill her, I think, yeah. when Lizaboy interrupts. So he decides I'm going to kill Lizaboy instead. Yeah. Uh, but it's very tame. There's no blood here or anything really. You don't get to see the killings. It's very polite. And Shannon is probably relieved. I well, am. Shannon was confused. I think like part of her brain was nervous that she was broken because she would get very tense and then would just it would deflate because then nothing you cuts away yeah it cuts away and she you get to see her being like oh okay yeah and like getting a little in, bit more confident but then also concerned that she might just now be broken yeah where she's i like, was in maybe like they're not proper fear me. response and then yeah. it wasn't it was then it was all anticlimactic yeah. <laughs> and i was like oh Maybe, like, just those thoughts of, like, have I been overreacting to everything? <laughs> the answer is no. The answer yes, is yes, you have, no. Shannon. Yes, you have. <laughs> um, on this train, they have a damn sexy jukebox. Yeah, they do. So we are getting a little, we all look at the different cabins, and some are just going to materialize later out of nowhere. Like, what we really needed is a single shot, someone walking through cabin to cabin to yeah. cabin to cabin. Mm-hmm. Particularly since they have the fucking train. And I don't know how many carriages they had, but it looks like from the wide, they're quite a few. So it's just like, yeah, dress them all up and let's just see someone walk straight through this. It would be such an impressive shot mm-hmm. to start this movie with. Right. But yeah, there's some cool stuff going on here. We're in uh, one of the party cabins, uh, carriages, and the asshole leader jock, he's revealing to Jamie that the train party was his idea, not her boyfriend's idea. Her boyfriend just paid for it. So she gets really pissed about this for some reason. As he's also revealing that he spiked the drinks of the freshmen with alcohol or something. I don't know. It's very confusing. Because I went back and rewatched that scene as well. Because the last time we talked about this, I thought he was saying he like spike spiked them with drugs. And then when I watched the second time, I was like, no, just alcohol. But then everyone's really upset about it. Right. And it's like, You're it's like, a What party. else are you yeah. supposed to be doing on this train? Aren't they supposed to be drinking? I mean, I There's mean, a maybe girl it's wearing like... pants as her whole outfit. Right. Like, y'all are <laughs> well, going we'll to have get to her very an, soon. like a night. Okay. Right. Yeah. 
Maybe it's because he used like Everclear or something shitty. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I use low grade alcohol. Right? Yeah, but that's also college. That's yeah. co- like, oh, it's so and, and then we get, so they're going to try and like lead us all these different, they definitely want us to think Copperfield the most is the killer. Yeah. But they're going to try and lead us different ways. They're going to do it here with, with the jocks as well, where he says, you're always walking out of my parties, yeah. but this time you can't. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Which, yeah, is a good poster tagline. Mm-hmm. And then we get this this very subtext, like, beautiful homoerotic moments yeah. between him and his, his friend. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Jamie's voice. boyfriend. Doc is so obviously in love with her boyfriend. Yeah, it's It's weird. so great. I absolutely love it. Groucho now is no longer Groucho. The killer is now Lizard Boy. Yes. <laughs> Which is not a scary outfit. No. It's like slightly <laughs> cross-eyed in the middle. And it's yeah. so funny. I mean, the jacket, the lizard jacket is fucking amazing. I want yeah. that in my life. The yeah. mask is for goddamn because it's like he's making like duck face, like lizard <laughs> lips. <laughs> I love it. It's so cool. It's so it. it's like he's ready for his selfie. <laughs> Can we for Halloween just dress up as the different masks from territory? There you go. <laughs> I'm in. I'm going as pants um, girl. Yes, pants girl's the you're best. Getting as what? Pants girl. Yeah. So we get introduced to the bar carriage, which is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Like I do really enjoy these places they designed. David Copperfield is doing some up close magic. He's decided to take it to the streets. It is impressive. He, yeah. He uses Jamie's coin to do a trick with a cigarette. And then he magics peanuts into her palm. How? How does what? he do that? He How? puts a cigarette through the quarter, lights it, takes a puff, and then unskits it, gets it out of the quarter. Quarter's fine, you guys. It's incredible. And to be clear, yeah, so David Copperfield was concerned about doing this movie because these are all real tricks and they're editing a bit around this. So I believe, Shannon, you mentioned before you lost some of the impact of them being real tricks right. because you presumed it was just movie magic. Yeah, But I this did. is magic magic. I'm jaded. Anybody who knows this is David Copperfield knows this is real. It's yeah. Real. He walked through the, the Great Wall of China, goddammit. He did. He moved the Statue of Liberty. Yep. Oh. I forgot about all those things. Maybe David Copperfield's actually an alien. Like he's an mm. advanced life form. Yeah, he kind of looks like one. Yeah. I remember, I, I genuinely remember being a kid when he did the movie The Statue of Liberty and like it being this big event on TV. Everyone would tune in to see it live as it happened. It was like, as you should. I do not remember. Um, Nothing my exciting family like that happened. Not anymore. into magic. Soup's Catholic. It's the devil's work. It's <laughs> <laughs> the devil's work. <laughs> I mean, Jesus was the greatest magician. That's true. We yeah, only appreciate true. water into wine. Loaves and fishes? Come on. That trailer for the new, uh, for the I Am Jesus, whatever video game, and it's just like, there's a whole bunch of magic going it on that. I tell you what. Amazing. <laughs> it looks terrible. It, it looks- made me so mad. Amazing. <laughs> I, so I, I just turned mad. to James. I was like, is winning the game crucifixion? Is that what, yeah. does that mean you've won? <laughs> yeah. There's no, come on. There's definitely like, uh, there's definitely DLC levels for when he comes back. Well, they do. They show it at the end where he moves the stone from his tomb and then he's resurrected. He rises. Don't worry, guys. And then then he's got to go and visit all his old pals and go, hey, aren't I fucking impressive? Right. (laughs) Write a book. Write a book, bitch. Still around. (laughs) Tell people 200 years from now to write a book with no possible way of perspective. Right. Anywho, anyway, let's not. <laughs> now that we've lost twenty percent of our listeners, yeah. 
the two dead guys' girlfriends, they're moping around, and one of them is indeed Pants Girl. So if people don't understand what Pants Girl is, and for some reason you're not watching these movies when you listen well, to Pants us Well, Pants Girl is Ed's girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. That's what I mean. And she's wearing large, large men, and if you're English, trousers uh, that reach up basically to her cleavage. And then for some boobies. Which is amazing. That's enough. Like, that's incredible. But then for some weird reason, she has a hand coming out from betwixt her breasts. Which makes absolutely no sense. It would make sense if it was, like, going down into her. But no, it's coming out as though it's trying to escape her bosoms. It's so weird. It kind of looks like someone was talking to her, like, from, from wardrobe and, like, Oh, this is showing a bit too much boob. We need to cover it up. What do we have? Um, and then someone just called, we need you on set. Like, just put this down there quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so strange. It's really weird. Jamie, meanwhile, who is fucking grumpy in this movie. Yeah, she's she back to being all grumpy. She doesn't like the The only one joke. that gets her not grumpy is David yeah, Copperfield. She loves magic. Oh, yeah. It's the only time she likes anything. Uh, yeah, she really doesn't like the lead joke, so she storms off. And I think, you know, here's the thing. She's doing the best she can with what she's got. She's not being given gold material here, mm-hmm. but she's, she's, you know, she's doing the best. We hear her boyfriend angry squawk at Doc, which I think is, what is that? But also awesome. It's amazing. I don't understand what, how your reaction to actually being, he's like, you really messed up this time, Doc. Like, Rawr! and then I was like, <laughs> great. you're not. And, he, and then he says, I mean it this time. And I was like, no, you don't, because you just squawked at him <laughs> like a fucking bird. Yep. I love it when That's he uses his So you know serious. It's so, it was so strange. Some of the dialogue in this, I'm just, I'm very confused. Oh, yeah. The dialogue is terrible. We learn here that the conductor is also into magic. Um, yeah. So he does a card trick to the head jock and Mitchie. Yep. I love it. He's so weird. He's like, I love RVs and magic <laughs> and trains and ladies in wheelchairs. Right. I really I really like that they've like I mean it's completely pointless, but I really like that we're getting these back little Yeah, stories. but why for him? Yeah, it makes absolutely I, no I, sense. I we feel get, I need we to don't care get for enough backstory for our characters, but we get all this backstory for the train yeah. conductor. That is true. Maybe it's because they got rid of so many of his lines. Maybe they, they got rid of too many Maybe. lines and there was like a whole other thing that was supposed to have happened with him. Who the fuck knows? Maybe uh, he was the lead. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) The David Copperfield show has started. I have the note that simply says, what a ridiculous man. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. There's just something, it makes my skin crawl about this type of magician particularly from that era in the 80s when it just, it's all the drama, all the big eyes to camera. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hate it. I was like, he must get laid so much. (laughs) Yeah, sadly, yes. Um, yep. The head joke. That, well, except for by men, because the magic is making the men very grumpy for some reason. Yeah, it really. Is. Well, <laughs> particularly the head joke. Another person who's into yeah. magic but doesn't like other people doing magic is head joke, and he realizes that him and the, and rich boy Jamie's boyfriend never hired a magician. <gasps> dun, to which dun, they're dun. just like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> Whatever. no big deal. <laughs> But Mitchie has an old woman's mask on. Yeah. On, well, I mean, just, yeah, a little bit androgynous, but so that's a creepy mask. Yeah, that is a creepy mask. And then we get I think this- she's meant to be like a witch yeah. or something. Yeah. And then we get, and it, yeah, and it looks a lot like the mask we're going to be dealing with in curtains. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get this beautiful moment where Hedgehog just turns to Jamie's boyfriend and just says, Well, if she dumps you, you've always got me. And then they just stare at each other for a bit. 
And then there's this long pause. <laughs> and then he literally and then he literally goes, No, no, I mean it. <laughs> I want to have sex with you. Was I not being clear? <laughs> <laughs> this is where subtext stops being subtext anymore and just becomes text. Right. Yep. Um but yeah, brilliant. Unfortunately they don't explore that much more than that, but it's nice it's there. Oh, we'll get to oh, it yeah. later. A little bit. It comes back. It does. Uh, they love each other. It's like a freaking soap opera star. They love each other. So the conductor tells Jamie that maybe the missing kids just swapped disguises, so not to be worried. And then Mitchie says, yeah, I saw Groucho, so everyone's all right, fine. But Mitchie's in yeah, in, in, a, in a witch outfit now. Yep. And she sees head jock. And she's just like changing like she's a fucking pop star. She just keeps like having different clothes. Yeah, well, I think they're like, you're too hot. We need you to not wear this mask, but we also need you to wear this mask. So <laughs> yeah. wear it sparingly, but like be hot. Yep. <laughs> Spoken like a director. Yeah. <laughs> but don't outshine Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, too much. exactly. We need you yeah. to be super hot, but we have this ugly mask and we need you to also not be more hot than Jamie Lee Curtis, but still really hot. She can't do Go. it. She's the most interesting person here. Yeah, I want to know more about her. And unfortunately, yep. she doesn't get much to do. Because she sees, yeah, so she's there in the like, they're in the, the dance carriage or whatever. And then she sees her boyfriend, head jock, and a rich boy, Jamie's boyfriend, heading off with these other girls. For an emergency um, gynecological exam. Yes. Who are the two girls whose boyfriends, by the way, are dead? They don't know they're dead, but they have disappeared. Right. <laughs> yep. Lizard guy and Groucho. And they, so we got pants two girl girls also and know. Jasmine. It's like weird because it's like you feel like this at least core group are friends in a sense. And it's like, I don't know. I didn't get the vibe that these girls would be so careless with just having sex with their well, friends. I think that they're meant to be like the freshman like girls. Freshmen. Yeah. Right. And so then they're getting and asked have sex back with, with the seniors. And like, of course, they're going to go and do it because like they're seniors. Yeah, yeah. She has a hand coming out of her cleavage. Right. And the other girl well, I know, is but also just like very her, I don't know. Yeah. It just was a little strange. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, what also feels strange is the look on the, the, the singer at the keyboard who's standing next to, yes. <laughs> next to Mitchie while she's this watching. This band is the great. Band is great. I freaking love the band. What are they called? Crime? Is that them? Crime. Crime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. So, yeah, and this is one of those moments where I really like Mitchie because she sees both of their boyfriends going off with these other girls and then Jamie's like, hey, what happened to her boyfriend? And then she's like, oh, don't worry. They're like, you know, doing whatever. Like, let's just go and dance. Mm-hmm. And she, instead of getting all like angry about it, instead of, you know, turning it into a big thing, it's just like this sort of nice, mature sort of way that she handles it. No prom dance night dance moves, though. Very tepid dancing from Jamie here. It's because Mitchie is trying to put the moves on the Jamie. That's true. This night's going to end on a girl and girl make out. She's like, don't worry about it. Let's go get drunk. We're going to get their two boyfriends get together. Two girlfriends get together. Yeah, it could have been such a great ending. Yeah, they're clearly happier with each other, both of these pairings, than with their partners. Yeah. The conductor, though, then finds the dead lizard in a bathroom with blood everywhere. (laughs) My God. 
Yeah, blood everywhere. Right, quote, but then There's you like can a splatter of blood on the mirror. Well, then you can see, and the mirror is not even broken anymore. Well, this must be like the only actual train bathroom in history where there's double sinks in it. So then there's mirrors <laughs> facing one another. So then you can see Seriously. the reflection of the mirror that he was supposedly smashed into, totally intact, no blood, nothing. <laughs> it's yep. so ridiculous. They didn't, you know, it's only 2.7 million. They can't afford a new mirror. That's true. It's Copperfield. He's eyeing up Jamie now, getting very, very creepy. Don't like it it's at all. Makes me feel uncomfortable. Rogue. Yeah, it is. It's very <laughs> she, uncomfortable. But she is into it. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> she is really yep. into it. She's uh, like, hey, where'd you get that haircut? <laughs> I have the same one. I see you watching me, magician. <laughs> she really does. I'll dance for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little disco right? dance. You want some more peanuts? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And yeah, that's all it was. She was just hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, make more snacks. You're a provider. <laughs> <laughs> You're my hunter gatherer. And then the conductor brings his other conductor pal back to the toilet, but all the blood's gone, and it's just a drunk lizard boy, which obviously is now the killer who's quickly cleaned up the place and. Right. Yeah stashed the lizard boy's body and just dressed it up in himself well and the blood on the costume too like there was blood all over this costume yep it's just gone and they're all confused about it the conductor thinks he's losing his mind and then mitchy comes and like turns up it's like oh hey it's you my friend let's go lizard boy so then she gets him up into the top bunk and gets kissy kissy with him because yeah. her boyfriend's off presumably doing stuff so what better way to get back at him to make out with a lizard yeah uh, but it's not yep. the guy it's obviously the killer and here's the only time they do this and i'm very proud of them they use the train whistle to cover up mitchy's scream <gasps> as they edit away from the murder and my screams because i'm like oh fuck mitchy's dead yep so what's what's the point of this it's anyway? just such a waste because even as a killer you'd be like you should at least have sex with her first like she's so hot. Maybe he's traumatized. Wouldn't you just be like, Jesus Christ. Have sex and you then you just at you least con her into sex, thinking you're somebody else before no, you murder her. No, she's like throwing herself. She's like she's throwing herself. There at him. is consent. She's literally like putting his Kinda. hand she down know her who shirt. She, is. That's true. she thinks he's someone else. I understand, else. Is that consent? but it's like, okay, he's gonna murder her. Right. Is that? <laughs> Is she that okay? Truly, <laughs> like he's already in this in a bad way. Look, we live like, we live in a world right now where sexual assault is quite rightly seen as a terrible, evil thing. Obviously, and yet murderers from years gone by are now sexualized by women as fucking fan clubs it. because of crime yeah, stories on podcasts. So apparently, yeah. murder isn't as bad. But anyway. Disagree. I don't know. Um, I disagree too. <laughs> Jamie's getting romanced by Copperfield. She says, do you do this for all your fans? He says, no, this is my first time. Just and then gives her a magic rose. <laughs> you have to love me for the beast I am before the last petal falls. <laughs> Papa! Papa! <laughs> Hedgehog comes to get Jamie because he wants to set her up because now he's managed to sort of like create a situation where her boyfriend's with Pants Girl. Like, cool, let's get Jamie to come see this right. so then I'll break up their relationship so then I can get kissy-kissy with a boyfriend. Yes. It's all about getting that homosexual relationship on. It is. Yep. That's the real purpose um, of this party. The terror train is just about this guy finally getting to break up this relationship so that he can touch his penis. 
<laughs> yep. That's really it. And and if you're fair to Jamie's boyfriend, he's very much like half resisting the advances from Pants Girl and then she just gets her boobs out. <laughs> yes, she does. Yeah. Well, it's not that difficult. You just got to undo the belt that's holding the pants up. Yeah, it is yep. unfortunate because she is by far the least attractive featured woman in this. Yeah. She's, the, she's the one that well, I that's... least want to see the boobs of. And yet, boobs. I know, but that's how it goes. I, and that's no true. offense to her, but like the slutty girl is usually the one that it's just like, you're just slutty. That doesn't necessarily make you attractive. Yeah. Life and lessons, also, kids. You, you guys are allowed to say this. If I say this stuff, people shout at me I know. on the internet. <laughs> so well, now they'll shout allowed. at me. And that's but fine. You have to just look at it. You have to, well, no, you're females, you're allowed. But you just have to look at it for who would, who's going to sign the contract. It's going to be, with no offense to objective, you know, who's yeah. attractive and who's not. But yeah, it tends to be if you're more attractive, it takes a lot more to get you to sign a contract to get your boobs out. That's right. These tits cost money. <laughs> money, money. I thought you money. said you need a job, Shannon. <laughs> I do need a job, but the tits cost extra. <laughs> Double time. That's, that's a t-shirt, that is. <laughs> um, I'm updating it's your like IMDb right now. It's like those shirts that you can get that say, like, I know guac is extra. You could just be like, I know the tits are extra. <laughs> the tits are extra. Just, yeah, any audition you go into, you just wear a t-shirt saying the tits cost extra. Yeah, there we go. That would honestly <laughs> clear up a lot of things for me. <laughs> yeah. I hope I eat a, I hope my manager never listens to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really love, this is my favorite thing in the entire, entire movie, is just how fucking pissed off the head jockey yes. is that Copperfield yes. can do magic. <laughs> He's he sitting there. so angry. Basically in the fetal position. Yeah, he hates it so, so much. upset watching the show to Copperfield. And everything he can do, he's just like, oh, I could do that. Yep. It was stupid. Magic stupid. <laughs> so dumb. Just heckling. I don't understand everybody on this train presumably is obsessed with magic. Yeah. Like they are into yet, these shows. Yeah. And it's yet nobody knew who David Copperfield was. <laughs> and then also nobody had hired a magician to start with. And it's like, if you guys loved magic so much, how did a magician knock it? on the bill they didn't realize uh, that they loved that's magic part of his so magic much. trip yeah david copperfield just appears places he's changing where he knows he's needed him. <gasps> illusion it's like mary poppins where he's like i go where i'm needed yeah but all of a sudden <laughs> these frat kids are just like sitting down chilling like loving they're yeah. like little kindergartners 100%. at story time uh, it's they so are weird. loving they're eating it up yep it's great yeah it's, it's so funny it's like, okay, you guys, stop having sex and taking shots and partying so that we can have a magic show for half an hour. Right. <laughs> it's like, I love it. Which definitely just feels like the producer knew David Copperfield. Oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, we can. A hundred percent. Shove you in here to get some more marquee. Yeah. A hundred. Mm-hmm. There is some connection between David Copperfield's like MGM Vegas contract and this film. <laughs> like a one hundred percent. <laughs> so the conductor oh. still thinks something's going on and then he finds Mitch's body and then panics <gasps> because they killed the best character. Yep. It's like, no, yep. now the film rests on my shoulders. I know. Well, it's also like her hand drops out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. Welcome to Slasher Movies. <laughs> Jamie's boyfriend 
finds out the doc sent him up and he's pissed for about two seconds he's like i can't be pissed at you buddy i love you mm-hmm. uh, as jamie <laughs> i also is want off, to touch your penis <laughs> jamie's off on a nice old adventure with the conductor they're gonna start conducting an investigation bum, 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 bum. that was new for this time by the way i didn't do that joke last week <laughs> uh <laughs> You don't have to tell them that, Al. God. Everything else is the same, but worse. <laughs> David Copperfield then turns into his assistant by holding up a blanket. And genuinely, a really cool trick, other than the fact that there's a lot of people sitting right behind right. them. They like hold yeah. up a drape to do this. And everybody who's sitting behind can 100% see however you do this trick. Yes. Very he does strange. it out in the middle of the floor. Yeah. It's like, you got to do that up on the stage where there's no one behind yep. you. It's so weird. Why wouldn't you? It's really strange. I don't get it. Because it is a really cool trick. I'm like, how the fuck did he do that? And then I'm like, wait, but just ask the people that are standing <laughs> yeah. or sitting right behind him. Well, but I, I feel like the whole purpose of that, like this doesn't feel to me like a real trick, right? This feels like movie magic doing something. And, and maybe it is, but the whole purpose then... Is that <laughs> Alice is shaking? Move the Statue of Liberty. Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> he can god! Fucking turn into his assistant. But, all right. But the storytelling pur- purpose is that then David Copperfield and his assistant are right by where Parrot Guy and Doc have been, you know, pretending that they're sleeping. Right. So then they're right next to them whenever the reveal happens. So that then whenever we find out that Parrot Guy is now unresponsive. Oh, no. It makes sense, <laughs> kind of, that like something would have happened in that time frame. Right. So we can like set up more of David Copperfield did something. I don't know. I had to go back right. and rewatch. You're really thinking over this. Well, because <laughs> like, it drove me intensely. insane. I had to go back and relook at it and be like, when does he get slashed when does he and there's no clear moment because his head is drooped and doc just assumes that he's pretending to sleep and so that's the joke they both play but he says one word at the top of the scene when it before the trick starts and then from then on his head is down presumably murdered killed by sorcery uh he was killed by his just disbelief yeah, he's just like, Copperfield does this. <laughs> and he has already attacked that. I have to rethink everything. Mm-hmm. The head jock freaks out because his burgeoning boyfriend, <laughs> Ilmor, and he just starts screaming. But because of his constant jokes, no one believes him as he literally carries his dead friend's right? body through the carriages. I'm a just- doctor, god damn it. <laughs> 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 that's actual dialogue yeah. i'm actual a doctor word. god damn it mm-hmm. well and right before this we have the conductor showing jamie lee curtis her best friend dead just showing yep. her yep. Oh, is this your friend i think she's been murdered. <laughs> <laughs> and she's freaking the fuck out sobbing in the like really working for that oscar sobbing in the conductor's oh. arms and then so really the subtext of this film is both Doc and Jamie Lee Curtis were like going for their Oscar moments in these two scenes because <laughs> Doc yeah. is freaking the fuck out. Where it's the, con- the conductor well, sneaking in under the radar. Potential lovers. What do you want? That's true. That is true. You know what? Now that we've found you know? this 
a homosexual subtext in this film or just text, as we pointed out earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really, it's pretty blatantly their reactions obvious. to these moments seem seem more heartfelt and genuine to me now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're at the one hour mark, and they're all beginning to realize. Hang on, murders are afoot. Murder, murder. The conductor tries to stop the train, murder, but it murder. won't. So he rushes to the front and does an emergency stop. And we get some repeated out exterior footage as the train eventually does stop. Well, and then I guess are we supposed to think that like the brakes guy, the, the head engineer or whatever has been like we never see their bodies, but they're just not at their post, right? Yeah, nobody knows. So, right. They just turn up when they need them and then don't. Yeah, when they don't. they've just been thrown from the train, presumably. And it's part of the problem and probably reason why we don't get that walkthrough yeah. of the train. Because they can always right. hide behind like, oh, they're in a different carriage. Right. Who knows where they are? Plus, I don't I don't really understand the logic behind let's stop the train and get everybody off of it. Like, I get the idea of let's kind of regroup, but you're also on a train. And I don't understand how you can't just like push everyone to one end of the train. Yeah. Do a head no, count get everyone and into then one send your carriage. guys to do a walkthrough of the rest of the carriages. Yeah. Like, I no. don't understand how prolonging the trip is going to make it better. Well, like, I understand I, would, I understand stopping, but you would get everyone into one carriage because, yeah, it is freezing outside. Right. It's it is so a snowstorm cold out, in the these, mountains. Some of these girls are wearing, like, nothing. Mm-hmm. And you're Again, just like, for no oh, reason. yeah, get off the train. Because it's nighttime. If they're doing this party in the daytime on a train trip, that sounds lovely. But they literally can't see any of this view. It's pointless, this entire thing. Yeah. Um, other than they can have this scene. But yeah, the two engineers are missing, but don't worry. The conductor has the tiniest axe seen to match. I know. It's adorable. So they start searching the train with everyone outside, and then Jamie reveals at this point, because we need some fucking context, that she went to hospital to see Kenny. Right. And it turns out he had killed someone before their prank. <laughs> so like, you don't want to be pissing off Kenny. Um, and it might have been an accident. They're not sure. But he did kill someone. And this is like so just, it's like two sentences. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, yeah, you sort of killed someone. Uh, maybe. Well, and it's confusing. Like, did he kill someone in the hospital and escape? Did he kill someone before? No, no. She she definitely says before. Okay. She says like he like he killed someone before. It was meant to be like, that's what his history was. But no one, like, but it was seen as it could have been an accident. So he got away with it or something. Gotcha. I was confused. So her and Head Jock decide, decide that it must be Kenny. Come back to avenge them for the previous prank. So they go inside, how, sneak in. How is a murderer in pre-med? I don't... What? No, but that's the thing. is acquitted because it was an accident. They don't get into it. It's two sentences mumbled. <laughs> but that's <sighs> what they're trying to shrug, I guess. Hedgehog finds the yearbook and it has an ad for some reason. I don't know. I didn't have yearbooks. But there's a full page ad in this yearbook for Kenny Hampson doing magic. So weird. So weird. It's very weird. So they think it must be David Copperfield. Yeah. <laughs> but which who looks nothing like Kenny. Yeah, with a lot of plastic surgery. Four years ago, this is not what David Copperfield looked like. Mm. I'm sorry. Right. And Absolutely I mean, I, I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis's first reaction should be, oh, he got cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? <laughs> he gives me peanuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the jock <laughs> doesn't want tell, <laughs> to tell anyone. He said I was the first one he ever did magic for. Right. Uh, yeah, the jock's like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in this room. Probably not a bad idea. Although it turns out to be a bad idea. He just wants to hide. Jamie wants to be a fucking hero. So they start fighting. 
But apparently the hedgehog chose the exact room right? that the killer decided to hide in underneath one of the beds, we think, because it's very weirdly shot. Yeah, it is. As we spent about 10 fucking minutes with him just walking around in silence. Really building a never ending portal of hiding. Yeah, I will say, like, this scene did get me. Like, this scene was of course scary for me. Well, it was like the only tension building we yeah. have in this entire film. And there's lots of hiding and places. I love that he locks himself in and into this room and like doesn't look at all the potential hiding places. Just like, I've locked the door. Everything is this fine. This cabin is like fucking Narnia because right. you at the first shot, you're like, OK, this seems good. It's a small little tight spot. Right nowhere really to hide that isn't obvious and then all of a sudden it's like but look at this spot but look at this spot and you're like where did that come from (laughs) what room are we now in yeah it is really confusingly shot but which again i think is partly just because they weren't working on a set so they couldn't remove walls and stuff they had to shoot in this cramped you know little room but yeah whatever he gets got um but we see very clearly here it's a female's hand yes and it has nail polish on it Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which very annoying to me because none of the other they'll show the hands previously and it is a non-polished looks like a male hand and very soon after this non-polished hand. Well, maybe you change, you know, decided to mix it up a little mm-hmm. bit. Just saying. I like that the the murderer had time to take the nail polish off for the final scene. <laughs> well, they like cleaned the bathroom, changed outfits. Right. Did some laundry. I mean, honestly, the murderer in this movie has like done a lot of extensive costume changing very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is it just diffuses because then you would cut to Copperfield looking creepy with a whole bunch of swords as he's talking to assistant. Um, And I'm not I'm I'm not going to lie. The first time I watched this movie was a long time ago. It wasn't the new remasters and stuff. You're not paying attention to things. It doesn't look as good. It was, you know, back in the days where things look pretty shitty in the transfers. And I didn't pay attention to it, and I didn't... I don't know if I thought it was Copperfield, but I definitely didn't suspect it was his assistant. But in these remastered versions, it's very clearly a female hand. It's very hard to not start yeah. thinking, well, okay, which female is it going to be? Yeah. Um, well, and then I they cut straight to her. From, I don't know. From the very beginning of this, when you see his assistant, I was like, that is not a... Yeah. Or that's a transvestite. Like, that's not... Yeah. Or a crossdresser, at the very least. Like, that's not a woman. Yeah. Whenever she so. appears in the red dress, that's when I was like, and drag queen. <laughs> yep. 100%. 100%. I genuinely, genuinely didn't notice. Genuinely didn't notice. Which you means haven't lived I should, in LA long that's enough. That's true. <laughs> which means I should not go to Thailand. <laughs> no, no. You should not. Every time somebody's like, oh, look at this lady that I met. I'm like, that's a dude. Yeah. That's a dude. That's a dude. <laughs> Like, I'm mystified sometimes by how people cannot tell. It's like, really? <laughs> well, the train starts up again. Jamie goes to get the conductor. <laughs> to which the conductor's then like, why isn't she lying down somewhere? <laughs> Quite right, woman. Right? <laughs> Go relax. Settle um, your nerves. And then they find head jock, Doc himself. Who's sorry, yeah, we forgot to mention, but he he's presumably named himself because everyone calls him Doc. Right. Even though they're yeah. all doctors. <laughs> He's the Doc. He's the dockiest of the Docs. Yep. Well, his head has been docked and it is no longer on his body. Well done. Nice segue. Thank you. <laughs> um, and all the students are being really super quiet now. <laughs> no one's uttering a word. 
And then the conductor chaperones the magician's assistant to the next carriage because they've all decided, they've all like got this information. Like, okay, cool. It's got to be Kenny. Kenny's a magician. Where the fuck is Copperfield? He's disappeared. So let's get everyone out from his his magic carriage and then lock it. Right. Keep his him in there. magic carriage. <laughs> come to my magic carriage. Yeah, come back to my magic <laughs> I have snacks in there. <laughs> come to my magic carriage. I'll take thee away. <laughs> I'd be like, no, seriously, is there pizza in there? Yeah. Then I'll come in there. 100%. I mean, this magic carriage is the party carriage. So, like, it seems like a hot yes. spot. The conductor so. seems incredibly concerned that Jamie gets some sleep for some reason, right? but they still yeah. have a killer on the loose that she's personally connected to the reason he's killing. Right. Um, yeah. So, he makes it his job and this other guy's job to find her room that's not been used apparently for two years. <laughs> so weird i mean 200 years no one uses this part of the train we haven't opened this door for two years completely safe you'll be totally safe here we have and it's not even necessary the line doesn't even do anything it's like why even yeah why everything is like covered in dust i was like i wouldn't want to breathe in there let alone sleep in there i feel like it's supposed to imply that it's a safe area right that they've had this car closed right. off for many years that no one could have po- could possibly get in there but it's it's ridiculous and also it's bad for business weird. yeah yeah it's like oh no we're sold out are you mm-hmm. got all this square footage up for grabs guys come on so yeah this other conductor goes to get us some sheets and then we get some relaxing music as she's getting ready for bed i think trying to convince us oh everything's okay now right. the authorities are on top of things yeah. as in the conductor right I trust yeah, this there conductor. are no authorities because there's no phone. Right. There's mm-hmm. no radio. Mm-hmm. And the conductor just keeps stopping the train to make it longer right. for some reason. But all the kids, they want to get through. They're like, we want to go find a killer. We want to kill him. We get this great scene where what looks like Paul McCartney decides uh, that the conductor is right and they should all just chill the fuck out. Right. Which at this point, we're being introduced uh, to this brand new character that <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> Is that, know, is that a bit? Yeah, because that's a bit, isn't it? Where he's at first like all angry about stuff right. and then the conductor gives him like the axe or whatever and then he's like, oh, actually, oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the conductor who's looking after Jamie, he gets got. And again, th- there's not, if you're wondering why we're not talking about the kills, it's because they don't show anything. Yeah. Like, there's no, no inventive kills here whatsoever. Yeah. I love and this movie. As the, <laughs> <laughs> as the others are coming through the disco carriage. Prom night. Which I don't know if I know this properly night. before. Uh, to get to the magician show old man face that's now what the killer has adorned mm-hmm. and for me the spookiest of the masks for sure yeah well like it was meant to be mitchy's witch right. face or mask yeah. or whatever sorry right? yeah yeah okay. old woman face self form yeah and i think it gets um, spookier like in with time mm-hmm. for sure yeah Piers and jamie's carriage but hey she faked it out it's not her first time in a slasher movie so she stabs the killer, then she runs, but not keeping the sword right. because apparently it is her first time in a slash movie. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Well, she does this several times in Halloween, if you'll remember. Yeah, yeah, but it was the first time. Now it's like a fourth time. Like, you think you know tap. better. She then Double tap. gets out and just chills out in the hallway for a bit to have a little whimper. Right. So then it can jump out again. Well, I'm also does like, it in Halloween. where the fuck did does she get the sword from? 
She just inexplicably has this sword all of a sudden. It's the magician sword. It's from yeah. his sword I box. I know, but where? how did she get it? It's magic. He pursues it with an axe that he just drops <laughs> and doesn't pick up again. And then this is it. This is the confrontation and the chase. We've got 10 minutes left. He shakes some bunk beds. <laughs> Grabs Jamie and tries to choke her out. Uh, we get a little bit of bra from Jamie when she falls on the yeah, floor. Yeah, she does. Unintentional, I believe, because there's one scene where like two buttons pop open, and then the next scene is one button is open. And they're like, <laughs> "You're not allowed to show her bra." And then he pulls, we did not pay for those. He pulls her earring huh? out. Oh yeah, that was gross. That's, that's, just, uh, that's that's actually the only bloody thing in this film, and it's really unneeded as well. It's yeah. like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, and then she uses a fire extinguisher on him and locks herself in a cage. And the killer does a My Bloody Valentine, but before My Bloody Valentine, obviously by knocking out the lights yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then starts poking her with a long pole through the grain. It's actually an all right scene. I'm laughing at it, but it's the closest we've got to a traditional horror slasher scene in this entire movie yeah. where there's actually some yeah. cat and mouse stuff going on. Well, that's the only time we're actually getting some good screaming from Jamie as well. Right. Like, yes. And we haven't, we haven't gotten a lot of horror from her up to this point. Well, all of these kills, honest. as we've talked about, have like been basically cutaways, right? So this is the mm-hmm. only time we have like a drawn out is he going to get her sort of scenario. Everything else has been pretty simple for the killer. Very simple. But then, yeah, she finds a paper spike thing, one of those things that people used to think was a good idea to keep on your desks. Do people still do that? Well, it's like for papers. We keep them at at restaurants for drink tickets. They freak me out every time. I always think about, like, if somebody just knocked you and you impale yourself. Yeah, like the Dark Knight with the pencil. Yes, that is exactly what I think about. I always um, think about like if you just slip and then your hand yeah, goes through uh, it because you're like using your hand. Yeah, to put someone's the just thing behind on. you and jostles into you as you do yeah. it. Yeah, uh, uh, they're sharp too. The top. Yep, that's weird. Anyway, she you don't need to one. be pointed. Like they're just fucking paper, right? Exactly. Like, should that's just what I'm be saying. able. It shouldn't have to be pointed uh, at the end. Nice and blunt, and it'll still go through. Well, yeah. it's an accident waiting to happen. Tell you she what. plants it in his face, and then she runs again. They have a little fight, and then he seems to fall off of the train. And then the conductor finally turns up. It's like, everything's fine now. Right. The train will be arriving at the station in 15 minutes. We probably didn't even need to leave. But we did. Uh, so Jamie's like, Tries oh, I'm to st- fix everything with coffee like right. all people do. Anytime that anything, it's like, oh, it's like the British with tea where they're just like, oh, I'm going to, I'll get you some coffee. Mm-hmm. You want some coffee? Yeah. And it's like, no, I do not want to add caffeine to my already very tense disposition. Thank you. And she's sleep- she's still sleepy. She takes a little nap. Yeah, she does. It's Jamie's way. It's all she knows. Well, her friend watches over her, which is a friend that we haven't mentioned because I had no idea this friend was going to fucking make it to the end. She looked like the most disposable yeah. one. She's somehow still here while doing nothing in this movie. She's it's real very strange. Yeah. And then we get this pretty great but also hilarious shot of Jamie having a sort of little snooze and then the killer's just suddenly outside the window hanging upside down. <laughs> Ridiculous. But like the hand is coming from two different yeah, yeah. directions. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the, it's, it's like how is this physically possible? I mean, they had to do it somehow. Like the skills because then he like rotates around. I don't know how they did it. It's a weird shot. Yeah. And then Jamie's friend comes to uh, comes to get her uh, to come to the back of the train. And 
Uh, yeah, I mean, are we meant to be thinking, okay, maybe it's his friend who's there the whole time? Are we meant to be thinking it's a group of people? It's obviously not the, the conductor because he's not of the right shape. Right. <laughs> the killer. Um, I'm not really sure I think who they're trying to I we're still meant to be thinking it's the magician because she hasn't found... I think he's they did find the still. magician, though. No, I think she's about to. Is she? Yes. Yeah, she's, about, yeah, no, to she's about to find David right Copperfield. Oh. So I think we're still yeah. meant yeah. to be thinking it's David Copperfield. Because she it. finds a scrapbook of, Jay, of of Copperfield's and then his dead body. Right. And she does a mm. good old Jamie Lee Curtis scream. Yep. And runs to the conductor for comfort. But we find out this conductor. So she runs like into the carriage and the conductor's like hunched over a table, not moving. Right. And she does a thing of like, oh, I'm just going to sit at the chair opposite you. Oh, I'm so out of breath. It's so nice you're here. I'm not at all going to notice peripherally that you are in a weird position and haven't moved for right. a full minute well, while I've run like up screaming. Five minutes of her being like, it's not a magician. <laughs> With her head down and like just stroking her own ha- like tearing her hair out for comfort. Right? It's like give Oscar. us a little give us a little Oscar. bit more, Shannon. It's Still a little bit more. Come on. I don't I don't know anymore. <laughs> Hire Shannon me. is available for jobs. But the tits <laughs> are extra. Look at her. <laughs> She is not the slutty girl. She's the final That's girl. That's right. To her. That's right. Listen to that. But it is. It's like the she direction the was okay. We need you to lose your mind, but don't look up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this is what I mean, though. Jamie Lee Curtis is given not great things to do in any of these scenes, but she does her best to yes, sell. All she of really, these scenes. she is. Again, she is working, working for it. But it's hard. It is work, hard work, to ignore work, it work, here. Work, work. Um, because then, of course, it's not a conductor. It's now Kenny in his final costume. Conductor hat. And, like, clear yes. weird um, mask. Like, where the fuck did the clear then, mask come from? Yeah, we get a clear mask out of nowhere, which then he removes and then starts taking off his makeup as we realize it was the magician's assistant the whole time. And... No matter how we might look at it now, no matter how we might be smart now, I'd like to think this was a shock at the time. But even if it wasn't, they should play this as a big deal because it is quite a big twist. Yeah. And they really don't. It's a sudden sort of a couple of flashbacks. And then she's like, oh, it was you. And then they continue with the scene. This should be a big moment. You should have some really cool music and edit this properly and make it into this cool moment. But instead, it's like, that's a waste. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Jamie's just really, really relaxed with it. It's the only slight I'd give her, but it was probably food direction. And then she gives him a little kissy. Yeah. Because it's the best way to throw. Well, and he, he asks for it in like a weird frog voice. Kiss me. It's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> then he freaks out again as soon as she ki- kisses him and begins to do the only thing he knows to do when he's freaked out, which is become the Tasmanian devil yep. again and start turning around and around and around. Until the conductor hits him in the face with a shovel. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets trapped up in the sheets uh, on the bed that's there, right? So, truly, the moral of the story is fabric is evil. Fabric mm-hmm. is, yep. Yep. Keep it all tucked in. Yep. And then he just falls from the train. And we get a pretty fucking brutal shot as he smacks yeah. into an icy river below and floats off. And yep. then the train goes past us. And then credits to very sexy, sultry music. Yeah. It's so weird. But his like Everyone head proper explodes on impact. Like there is no room for a sequel. <laughs> Absolutely right? not. But they did plan a sequel at one point. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we'll get there in a second. That's the movie. Yay! Um, 
So the opening prologue, that was added during post-production because they needed to tie into the origins of the character, which is staggering because as much as I don't like the opening prologue, there's no reason for anything anyway in this movie. But without that opening prologue, what is this movie? Right. Like, yep. what is happening? Um, well, so- I mean, it kind of makes sense that this guy dreamed up this concept because this is kind of what my dreams are when I have dreams. <laughs> yes. And Al can tell you this because I like to tell people my dreams and you're in a relationship with me. So that's part of your job is to listen <laughs> when I wake up and go, I had the weirdest dream. And he goes, oh, I'm so excited to hear it. Please tell me. So they usually sound weird. like this where it's, you know, it just is you know yours are normally normal. quite mundane to be honest right <laughs> they <laughs> mean like, it something it was so weird i woke up and i fed the dog and then i was <laughs> like yeah and weird. then i ate a sandwich <laughs> but the sandwich was meatloaf <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> uh they really yeah. needed snow and it wasn't coming it did fall on the first night of exteriors shooting and there was rumors on the set that David Copperfield caused the snow. He what? It with his powers. No. He really is magic. Maybe he's really God. Ooh. The production fell behind schedule uh, by half a day, which is nothing, by the way. All productions fall a little bit behind schedule. I'm also uh, for hire. And producer <laughs> Sandy Howard tried to convince the director, Roger, to take out five fucking pages of his script to compensate for being half a day behind. He what? refused. It turned into a big argument. Howard Greenberg eventually came in with 25000 extra dollars to cover the costs of the delay. Ridiculous. Jamie Lee Curtis had this to say about a character. Quote, there are certain things a heroine and thriller has to be. She has to be vulnerable so that the audience identifies with her and is rooting for her. But she also has to have an enormous inner strength to overcome the evil or terror train that is pursuing her. <laughs> I play the same kind of character as I did in other films. But Alana, the girl I play, is stronger and more defined. Yeah. Disagree. Disagree, Jamie. Mm-hmm. That's also the first time I realized her name is Alana. I know. I know. She was also, this is the first that the girl I play is better paid than the other jobs. They burnt charcoal and church incense to make the train smoke. Uh, And the train that they used to film this on, it was still operational until 2002. So you could have ridden Um, the terror train. Could have. Mm -hmm. The shoe got so cold one evening that the camera froze. The rock band indeed was called Crime. I, I always wonder for like bands like that if they actually get paid or if they just get, you know, oh, you'll get publicity right. from being in a movie. Exposure. So you can put your name on the drum. Yep. Fed yep. and exposure. Yep. Normally I try and make all these facts a little bit more contextual to our conversation. I don't know, fuck, I'm just listing them off. Uh- um, I, <laughs> I don't care anymore. Both Jamie Lee Curtis and Vanity, Dee Dee Winters at the time, would uh, go on to get Kissy Kissy with singer-actor Adam Ant. Oh, yeah. Um, and the film, they originally filmed a shot of the killer of Kenny's hand coming out of the ice at the end, ready for a sequel. And then they realized, that nope, kid. we made his brain proper explode. <laughs> there can be no well, sequel. that, and he weighs like 98 pounds dripping wet. Right. There's no way that kid survived that. Right. That's really my problem with this whole film is the fuck no one could overpower little like 95 <laughs> pound Kenny. Scrawny. Come on. They're all drunk. Uh, Ronnie. Um, though it should be pointed out, and this is quite a big one, actually. There is only one death in this film that is female. 
Yes. Which is the best fucking character. Yep. So while I applaud them for killing more men than females in a slasher film, which is incredibly rare, why you've redacted all of that by killing the best character in the film in the one Agreed. fucking female. Mm-hmm. I know, they don't yeah, even kill it. pants, girl. Come on. Yep. What it's is ridiculous. going on? She got her boobs out. She must die. Yeah, this follows none <laughs> That's of the rules. The rule. uh, they expected to make $32 million. Woohoo! They actually made, nobody knows because it was really not that. But probably not <laughs> $32 million. Dollars. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a lot of research. I couldn't find an accurate amount. Uh, mm-hmm. But they did not make money, which is why we did not get the sequels. It should be said, however, that the film is also very close to elements from a 1933 horror film, which some people call the first slasher film ever made. It's so hard to say what a slasher film is. Obviously, there's an evolution. It doesn't just appear. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's called 13 Women. Uh, It stars Myra Loy as a girl who gets rejected from a racist sorority when they find out that she's part Asian. She (laughs) reaches to a swami and the occult to arrange the death of the girls in the sorority who rejected her. As you do. Yep. As you do. Both films end with a confrontation on a train, also end where the killer exposes themselves and then falls off the train to their death. Um, like yeah, exposes I, themselves? Penis. No, like, not flashing. That guy? Ex- oh. As in reveals who they are. Oh, and then, oh. still penis. And then falls off the train. Yeah, fine. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> um, I, did, I did actually watch it um, a few weeks ago and it's, it's, I'm not a big fan of 30s films. They're a little difficult to go back to yeah. sometimes, um, some of the time. But it was... It was a decent movie, and I can see some of the connections. I would totally think that this producer had probably seen it at some point, and maybe subconsciously it settled into his frame. He's never, that I know of, noted it. But yeah, there are some similarities. And that is Terror Train, guys. We did it for the second time. Yay! So how do we feel about that movie? And then I'm going to tease everybody with what's happening next week, which is going to be less of a tease for you guys, because you know what's happening next week, because we've dealt with that already. Yeah! But for the audience, it'll be a little bit of tease. Not for Shannon this time. Um, Yeah, let's start with Katie Watson. So I have actually seen Terror Train before, well, before this, before this. (laughs) So before this second iteration of it. Anyway, moving on. Um, (laughs) And I remembered. I'm proud of myself. Move on. Are you trying to say you've seen it three times now? (laughs) That was great. That was great. We're moving on. (laughs) So I... I remember really, really loving it when I saw it the first time. I think a lot of it is just that I adore Jamie Lee Curtis in her prime, which is in the 80s. And I remembered it being really exciting. All the masks. I liked the outfits. I liked the setting. I liked it being on a train. I liked the snow. I liked a lot of things about it. But then coming back to it this time, I think I had forgotten intentionally just the shambles of some of the story. I don't understand a lot of the backstory that we get of the conductor and the train workers, even though I love it, but I also want those little moments for my lead characters as well. I was very confused as to why we were on a train. It didn't really matter why, but then when they give you multiple reasons why, it then gives me focus as to is it is it her birthday? Is it New Year's Eve? Is it that they're graduating? Why do I care? Yes, yes, and yes. And then because it gets confusing, that's when I start to focus on it. But I also just wanted kind of more appreciation from the characters that they were on a train because they kind of just get on and there's no like 
Al, you were saying you kind of wanted a walkthrough, and I wanted that as well, but I wanted there to be more of a sense of excitement from my characters that you're on a fucking train, and, you know, there's, like, the sleeping cabins, and there's a whole band in one of the rooms. There's a magician room. Like, there's all this stuff, and I just feel if I was a college student, or even now, if somebody was like, we're having a New Year's Eve costume party on a train with all these things happening, I would be wanting to go and kind of investigate everything. And we don't really get that sense of wonder, which I thought was a missed opportunity, especially since they had a real train during filming. I'm all aboard for David Copperfield and his close-up magic. Thank you. Yeah, I kind of saw the reveal from the beginning, and that wasn't because I remembered it. I just... I don't find Kenny to be a believable woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for like, there are definitely things I love about it, but I just, I feel that there was a lot that was lost in the shuffle that could have made this a truly great film for me when, when it boils down to it, it's, it is a film that I enjoyed watching. Like it's a fun ride, but it's also a kind of tangled ride. <laughs> like there's a little bit of, confusion in it for me so overall enjoyed but i don't it doesn't 100 percent make sense but i still like it shannon yeah i agree i think for me the theme of this movie is missed opportunities right because like i feel like the setup is ridiculous i mean the man is terrified of sheets and drapes and that's really <laughs> what happens as he's just he's a twirler oh god um and so all of like i fa- i have lots of problems with the story and how that is working like i'm like okay we need to go back for another few drafts here but the actual train and the fact they used a real train, the costumes, I agree. I think it's great. The idea of a killer switching masks like that so you never really know who he is at any given time and he could be anyone is also great. But they, I feel like they didn't utilize the train space as well as they could have. Like, I'm thinking of that sleeping compartment scene where they they walk through these sleeping compartments like five fucking times. And the only time they ever utilize it for anything interesting is whenever Mitchie's hand like falls out magically, right? Like, I, I wanted a moment similar to My Bloody Valentine where all the like suits and things like that are dropping from the ceiling. Like, there's oh, really yeah. cool geography with using a real train and i find it underutilized entirely and you know just like large story problems like i don't know what we're celebrating i don't know why we're on this train i don't know why the conductor is so into it i don't know why it feels like the conductor and jamie lee curtis are like fighting for screen time at one point i was like is he the final girl Because he's the one that's, like, putting all these clues together and sort of, like, oh, what's going on? Like, I'm torn with who I'm supposed to be following and caring about in this film because we get so much more backstory for the conductor than we do anyone else. (laughs) So, but it it feels like, like, I want to, it's exciting to me because I feel like 
it's ripe for a remake, you know, like sometimes things that are full of interesting ideas, although I think hit the miss the mark are more interesting because like, oh, the shoulda, woulda, couldas, the possibilities of what they could have done seem are interesting in and of themselves. If that makes sense. I agree. I spotted the tranny right away. Like as soon as you have that full length red dress, it's like, ah, that is one thing that is not like the others <laughs> and yeah. probably gonna be important, you know? And there's just like lots of little holes like the story in general feels messy to me and i just think it could be so much more satisfying and so much more interesting because the the concept is is intrinsically interesting and fun i also feel like by virtue of the fact that they made jamie lee curtis so mopey throughout this whole movie and the guys are like arguing with one another like you lose some of the inherent fun that should be there in this party david copperfield's mm-hmm. magic yes it is amazing however i find it like sort of deterring from the fun in some points you know like whenever he has these How creepy dare weird dare you i know but whenever he has like those weird scenes jamie it's like all of a sudden he made it snow shannon well listen it's a lull it's a lull. made it snow. It's a lull. And I don't buy that no. any of these frat kids would stop music. partying for one minute <laughs> to be like, David Copperfield is doing, or not even a random magician that no one hired is doing magic now. <laughs> Get it. It was 1980. It was a very different time. That's true. That's true. And, you know, I also just find Kenny ineffective as a villain because, again, I could crush him. Yeah. Like, like I am terrified of intruders. <laughs> I feel like if Kenny is coming at me in the middle of the night, I am less concerned. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, so I think his underwear glows in the dark. Prob- so oh, maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, so I like... I liked this film only because I liked the possibilities of it, not necessarily because I liked what they did with it. Like, I'm more excited with what could have been than what actually was, if that makes sense. But I I like what could have been so much <laughs> that I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I do th- I do want to point out here that I think we're all being softer in the film on our second review than we were on our first Probably. review. Because I think, yeah, as you go further away from it, there's a kind of an affection that I have towards this movie. And it's an affection I've had every time I've watched it where I come back to it always. This is one of those films, you know, you come back and I think, this is the time when I'm going to realize I really love this film because I want to. (laughs) Because I love slasher films and I love, like, we're all on the same page, all the ideas for this film. I think there are loads of simple things. None of them are incredible, but it's like simple, nice ideas that haven't been done before uh, in this genre. And and they don't fuck them up, but they just don't do any of them as well as they deserve to be done. And it's frustrating. I think the directing is actually quite decent. There's some nice moments in there. There's no, like, kills that are interesting, so effects are out the window. Tension isn't there. The characters, yeah, they do bicker too much, but there's some interesting ones we could have done some cool stuff with. Like, it's all, all the components are there. They just didn't refine it enough, and, yeah, just the execution isn't quite good enough. Like, there's, there's enough talented people it's just missing in every area by just a little amount 
which yeah makes for a frustrating watch because like you say this would make a fantastic remake yeah um, which to be clear they did do a remake or they tried to and it didn't happen they did a movie in 2000 and mur, 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 which is starring thora birch i believe for for a long time they oh were, yeah that's right they were trying to it make wasn't it like Terra super Train. gruesome yeah it's a uh, proper torture porn it's during the saw era but it wasn't actually a remake. They tried to make the remake for a long time. It all fell apart. They ended up adapting that what they were going to do into a movie simply called Train in 2008. So, which is why we nearly covered this movie in our versus retrospective before, where we took the original. Thank God we didn't. That would have killed me. No, would have. I've watched it. Uh, it's actually okay, and it has some weird political commentary in there that's okay or interesting. I don't love torture porn, though. I hate torture porn, to be fair, unless it's got something else going on. This tries to, so I do admire it for that, but it's not great um, in any way whatsoever, but it's not the worst either. But it isn't, it certainly is not a remake of this. It's something very, very different. It just happens to take place on a train. Um, but yeah, you could do an actual remake of this and do something really special with it, something really fun and really cool. And yeah, Snowpiercer, you know, is definitely a sort of template for how that could be. And it is frustrating. And this is another time where I you know, have to leave this film knowing it's not how, what I want it to be. But yeah, I'm not going to damn it for, you know, for the things it does. Uh, okay. Like it does some plenty of things pretty well. So that was Terror Train. I hope we're all making our marks on these. So when we get to the end of the series, we can place these in order because it's going to get confusing, guys. <laughs> it really is. Because this is the thing. Some of them you're like, well, this one was better production values and actually shot well or had an actor that i like but the story was shit or the horror didn't work or like this one actually has intense moments but it's a complete amateurish like thing like it's so confusing how to judge things against each other in this i could keep my eyes open for the vast majority of this move which movie, means no one so should watch this win. it's terrible <laughs> win if shannon doesn't have a problem with it that means horror fans won't enjoy it <laughs> so before i tease next week which isn't really a tease because we've been there. Uh. <laughs> it's a tease for them. I think that's also the thing. I'm easier on Terror Train now, having watched some of the other films that we've <laughs> oh, watched. We'll get there. So I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, Terror Train in comparison <laughs> is great. It is a little fluffy blanket that you can yep. get tangled in as you turn around and around and around. Um, <laughs> so yeah, please do, please, please, please do go to iTunes and subscribe and rate us. It makes a huge, huge difference. It takes 30 seconds of your time and you're just listening to these words and doing nothing about it because who can blame you? Apathy is king. Uh, but if you can bother to do it, 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 it's the only way we can help get promoted. And go check out any stupid things I'm talking about on Twitter, pictures that I'm posting on Instagram, and you can play video games with me on Xbox and PlayStation, Mr. Al White, on all of the stuff. And if you want to give us some money, you can go and rent or buy Starfish on iTunes and on Amazon or watch it for free on Hulu. That's not for free. You're paying subscription fees. But hey, that's the con all these subscription services make us feel. Katie. Uh, I am my dearest Watson on Instagram, where I post pictures of food that I made. And then on Twitter, it is at Watson Dearest, where I am hilarious. I'm Shannon Hollander on Instagram, and that's the only social media I have that matters. She's got new right. headshots done. You should go check them out. I did. Go look at my pretty, pretty, pretty face. Are you so wearing pretty. Those glasses? And hire me. Hire me. Check out my IMDb. Hire me. I need a fucking job. Tits are extra. Yeah. Tits are extra. Hire me. It's very vague. We haven't put a price yet. 
Just extra. Yeah, just extra. extra. It's like 50 cents each. We're not. Yeah, it's we not don't. a lot. Well, no, one, hey, one costs, worth more than one that. One costs more than the other, but she's not going to tell true. you which one. <laughs> um, That's fair. I, I charge by volume. Next, next week, we're going to be dealing with the burning. So we're doing two films for 1981. Because we hate our lives that much and we just enjoy spooking Shannon out. Because who could who could choose? We put it up on Twitter. No one could ever you guys went 50-50. When I say you guys, I mean the people listening. Between the prowler and the burning, which one was essential to cover? So we're doing them both. Next week is the burning. The week after that is the prowler. Shannon already knows what these yeah, movies do to her. So you can Spoilers, I hate them both. You can check in next week to, <laughs> to find out if you haven't seen these movies though and you're just listening to us as uh, as new to this whole world, then The Burning uh, is actually the first film that the Weinsteins wrote and produced and put out. It's also the first feature film that Jason Alexander was in. Uh, it's got a little Holly Hunter in there. And Good old Tom Savini coming back. So, you know, the kills are going to be stepping up from this week. It's um, pretty funny because I've been watching the new season no. of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Jason Alexander is oh, in yeah. it now. <gasps> and he... I haven't gotten into it. The, the difference is startling, people. I just want to <laughs> do a little side-by-side of him in the burning and then him in this because it is... Oh! Oh! <laughs> Tell you what. And with that visual image, (laughs) we will be back next Friday. (laughs) Until then, and by the way, if this if this podcast goes wrong, we're not recording it again. You're going to listen to it. However, the fuck is done. That's it. We're done. We're out, geeks. Geeks. Geeks.